Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your support by bringing you the MyPillow that started it all. MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs regardless of your sleep position. Because it works, we've sold over 70 million MyPillows, and now I'm bringing it to you for the lowest price ever. For example, you get my standard MyPillow, now only $19.88 with your promo code. Now's the time to get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. MyPillows make the best gifts ever. In the times we're in, one thing we all need is getting a great night's sleep. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my standard MyPillow for only $19.88. For a more custom fit, my Premium Queen, only $24.98. Or my Premium King, only $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so order now. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Baby, you a song, you make me want to roll my windows down and cruise. Song you make me wanna roll my windows down and cruise 
and said, fire it up, let's go get this thing stuck. Made you a song, you make me wanna roll my windows down and cruise down a back road, blowing stop signs through the middle, every little farm town with you in this brand new Chevy with a lift kit. Would look a hell of a lot better with you up in it. So made you a song, you make me wanna roll my And strummed a couple chords and sang from the heart. Girl, you sure got the beat in my chest bumping. Hell, I can't get you out of my head. Maybe you a song, you make me wanna roll my windows down and cruise down a back road, blowing stop signs through the middle every little farm town with you. Fuckers to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I'm the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much better beloved better half. V Lynn. Hello, Patriots. How are we doing tonight? Shit. Shit. Running behind. A little Running bit. Behind. Running behind. Running behind. So uh tonight, uh, par for the course, uh, we have our uh one of our Hy- very favorite guests. One of our with yes, us. yes. Yes. Um, he's probably seen it, he's seen us at our lowest. Yes. So I can say like, <laughs> we could pretty much consider this guy family by now. Um, but without further ado, Dr. Haider, how are you, sir? Welcome, 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 welcome. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks for having me. I feel like a, like a giant on the screen. <laughs> you guys are a lot smaller than me. <laughs> I feel like I need to back up. Well, it's, we have the, we have, uh, our, um, our pilled chat in the corner. So yeah, yeah, right. Well, we keep yeah. that up and then we, uh, yeah, yeah we so just try to have makes some us smaller. It. It's okay. It's all good. But yeah, I, <laughs> I, uh, it's, um, it's, it's like that, uh, that Biden and Jimmy Carter picture, you know, where the five are like super <laughs> huge and the Carters are like tiny, on tiny the little couch. old people on the couch. <laughs> as long as I'm not Jimmy Carter and I look that way when I'm that age, I'll be okay. It's okay. Just as long as I'm not Jimmy Carter. It's all I don't want to be. <laughs> so how are you doing? How's it going? Yeah, it's good. Um, a lot of stuff happening, you know. Um, there's some really, like, shocking and alarming news um, around the vaccines recently. Um, I guess, you know, and so it's, a, it's like, good timing. We've decided to roll out um, vax exemption, medical vaccine exemptions for people. Um, you know, people need to realize that, 
like I can't just write whatever I want on there. It just won't be accepted. So like there's certain things that are acceptable to the people that you're giving these to. And so we have to like give them what they want. Right. Um, yeah. And um, and so, you know, people will come to me like, why can't you just write that you think the vaccines are dangerous? You know, and I'm like, well, if I write that, then you won't get the exemption. <laughs> OK, <laughs> so um, why can't you just tell me what I need to hear so I can write what I need to write? So so as long as people get the hint and understand what they need to say, um, which is not that hard to understand, you know, because we kind of guide you through it and show you what you need to be able to say in order to get one, um, you can get one. I mean, it just requires, you know, being able to say the right thing. Um, so <laughs> I hope that's enough of a hint for people um, to be able to get one if they need it. Um, and the other thing that is that we're going to be doing, you know, because a lot of people have come to us and been like, hey, can you do like functional medicine for us? Or can you do like a, can you be our PCP? And, you know, because a lot of people were actually fired by their doctors or they fired their doctors, you know? Yeah. So it's like 50-50. Um, and, and so some people just can't find anyone that they trust in their town, right? So, um, you know, we're working on, we're gonna be hiring new staff and rolling out like a direct primary care model, you know, basically where we can be your PCP in all 50 states in the next month or two. Um, so I think that's really exciting. And it's kind of like the first step towards, you know, um, we're also gonna be eventually, hopefully, partnering with people on the ground, right, in order to, you know, um, have people that you can actually see in a clinic, because you, you can't do everything online. I mean, sometimes you do need to see somebody and have somebody listen to your lungs, for example, um, or, you know, do something in person. Um, so partnering with people on the ground, and then also, um, eventually, hopefully, you know, uh, building hospitals, you know, and not me myself, but you know, there's other groups that are working on this. Um, so trying to set up an alternative system, right? Because that's really all that we're left with at this point. I mean, we can't change the system that we have. I mean, it's a it's a dying system. Hopefully, it dies eventually completely. Um, but we we we're not able to change from the inside because we're not on the inside, right? Everyone who um, believes that this system is corrupt has either been fired or has left, you know, like a, a lot of people at the FDA have left the FDA, you know, resigned in protest. Um, they just couldn't change it from the inside. Um, and then, you know, all the freedom loving, you know, autonomy loving physicians out there um, aren't part of this corrupt system. And so we just have to make our own. Right. And, and I hope that people, you know, help support us in that and help us to build this, you know, thing from the ground up so that there is an alternative to, to the mainstream system and event and the stronger we get the more we can subvert that mainstream system by taking back the medical boards you know or replacing the medical boards you know so so there's a lot of work that needs to be done in this country and i think that you know we need builders and we need people who are who are willing to help us out and and the most you know the most important thing is just choosing you know freedom loving businesses to support you know instead of shopping at amazon and walmart um, you know shop at uh, some of these other other places and and also support physicians who are um, on your side and not on the opposing side. Yeah, 100% because we've gotten to the point where like, we don't, we, we don't trust doctors anymore. It's a sad state of affairs. But you know, I'm like, don't we don't trust doctors, we don't yeah. trust the FBI, we don't trust yeah, the Department like, of don't, Justice. Don't we ever pretty much come near me with a needle, like don't ever try and stick anything in me or like, I, I don't even trust the food in the grocery store anymore. Like, I mean, I probably shouldn't have for a very long time. But you know, um, I mean, they're, they're literally talking about putting mRNA in everything. 
But yeah, it's a good it's a good point when you say we shouldn't we really shouldn't have trusted them as long as we have, right? Yes. The FBI has done a lot of stuff in the past um, that showed that they were a very political organization, probably from the very beginning, right? Yeah. Um, and the medical system has been corrupt for decades. I mean, this has been you know long overdue realization for a lot of people. I'm you know this is probably the biggest silver lining to this whole pandemic situation, even though it like was a controlled demolition of our you know society. Um, at least a lot of people woke up because of how bad it was and how obvious it became, you know, how corrupt the entire system was. So, you know, even physicians have been asleep. I mean, I can tell you, you know, people like to villainize entire groups and other people and, you know, people want to villainize Fauci and everything. We don't know what's going on in this guy's head. I can tell you that like there are whistleblowers, there's a whistleblower at the CDC um, who went to Steve Kirsch, um, who has a great Substack, and yes. basically told him that like everyone here has actually drunk the Kool-Aid. Like, they don't they don't think they're doing the wrong thing they don't think they're covering up anything okay i mean i mean obviously they're not you know um they are covering up some stuff but they think that they're doing it for the right reasons right they think that they are right they think that the vaccine is the right thing to do right like if they don't actually believe all this other data and they think that it's like faulty for whatever reason and so like most people you know, in general, like I think 99% of people, they wouldn't be able to live with themselves if they really deep down thought they were doing something really wrong and evil. Okay, so yeah, they've they've your, somehow been able to, they've been your, able to convince themselves. Yeah, and the smarter they are, the better. The smarter you are, the better you are at doing that. That's what people don't realize. Like really intelligent people, they can like steel man any argument. They can, and especially if they like the argument, right? Like if it speaks to them. And like Upton Sinclair said, I mean, I don't remember, you know, how eloquently he said it, but basically, um, when you're you know, livelihood depends on you believing something, it's very likely you're going to believe that thing, right? So, um, and that's that's the situation we're in. You know, a lot of people, their livelihood depends on them having a certain perspective and that biases them to have that perspective. But surely some of them must understand that when you're testing booster shots on eight mice and you're yeah. rolling them out to children and they're ordering children sized coffins in bulk. Like and seven of the mice that you ordered shots for all died. Like maybe that should tell you something. I, I mean, I just heard today, like uh, I, I saw, we actually saw a commercial yesterday and we were all right. I sinned. I watched some NFL the other night. I went to you know. sleep. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we saw this commercial, but it was a cancer commercial. And they're talking about an mRNA-based... Um, oh, yeah. A, sh a, a uh, cure for cancer, uh, an uh, mRNA no, shot. No, no, no. What is it? The uh, uh, the stuff you get um, injected into your body, the uh, shit that basically kills you. Uh, it, chemotherapy? It just, chemo. Yeah, mRNA-based chemotherapy. And I was like... Are you kidding me? They're You're going to mix the most two toxic substances right now that we know for a fact kills humans. You're going to mix the two things together and you're going to put it in somebody's body. Holy yeah, let's shit. Take, let's take some mRNA and a lipid nanoparticle shell inside some mustard gas and and shoot you up with it and see how that goes for yeah so so I, I would say like it's really like what's the payload right so that that's the important question to ask i mean the lipid nanoparticles themselves are a problem i think you know they are very inflammatory and so they're not benign on their own um but the the real payload is which mRNA you're putting into that thing. Um, certainly, like, we don't know the ramifications of trying to treat somebody's cancer with mRNA vaccine technology. Um, so, so you could say, like, 
maybe if you put the right mRNA in there and you maybe, you know, if it's not the spike protein, right? Like the, the toxin is the spike protein. That's the real toxin that's harming people. Um, so if you put something benign in there that creates a protein that's not harmful to you and it's only harmful to the cancer, like I guess you can imagine a world where there might be a safe version of mRNA technology, um, but it's not this. It's certainly not the COVID shots with the spike protein in them, which is like, you know, a payload, like a nuclear bomb in your body, right? Like you're, you're basically passing it in, you know, to your body in this uh, little envelope. And, and the payload is the, the thing that's so dangerous. Um, you know, otherwise, the, the rest of the technology is like a carrier system for the payload. So, so I wouldn't say that, like, you know, every version of, you know, every possible use case for this would be bad. Um, like, there are some really amazing things that, that can be done nowadays. Like, in mice, you can actually cure blindness. You can reverse dementia. You can regrow teeth. I mean, it's like, really, like, science has gotten to the point where you can reverse a lot of diseases of aging and a lot of just diseases. But but it requires, like, you know, genetic engineering. And, and it requires, you know, messing around a little bit with, at least in targeted ways, with DNA um, in the eyeball and, you know, and turning genes on and turning them off. And whether or not people want to do that, it's really up to them. And and it requires like safety studies, right? So so all of that's been thrown out, right? Um, with these COVID shots, there were no proper safety studies done. I mean, they didn't even ask the question, like, does it cause genotoxicity or reproductive toxicity? Will it lead to the end of the human race as we know it? I mean, like, right, like none of this was even asked. And obviously, if you're going to meddle around with the building blocks of life, you need to ask those questions and you need to be 100% said, sure, that you're not unleashing something into the population that's going to destroy, you know, human beings or change them, you know, uh, and you can't reverse the clock. You can't go back to the way they were before. I mean, it's a lot like what they're doing. I mean, it's just like we don't have proper controls on some of these things. Like, you know, they're releasing mosquitoes into the wild with like changes in their genetic code that, you know, will kill off all the other mosquitoes, right? When they mate, they'll all die. They won't have babies. Um, you know, we don't know how that's going to affect uh, the rest of the, you know, of the environment, right? All the different, all the other things that are connected to the mosquitoes, right? Whatever eats the mosquito and whatever eats that, you know, that thing and, you know, the food chain, right? We can disrupt ecosystems and your body is an ecosystem, right? You knock out one thing, you might disrupt the, the entire ecosystem and cause some, some serious damage. So we're meddling with things that we don't understand. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the way that we're acting in the human body with all of these technologies and, and even just simple medications and drugs, we are the equivalent of like a chimpanzee in a nuclear submarine who sees something and thinks he understands it and thinks he knows what to do to fix it. Okay. It's like, oh, there's some like, you know, steam coming out. Let me whack that, you know, to make it stop. I mean, it's like just utter insanity to believe that we can understand what we're doing and we're just meddling me. with things we don't understand. It reminds me of the, actually, the hold on the science, actually hold the, on the scientist from Jurassic Park the first one yeah where, yeah yeah, where yeah he says yeah, yeah. Uh, he says that uh, we we were so wrapped up in in whether we could do it we never thought about whether we no should. we ever asked we never yeah. asked the question should we do yeah it? should yeah um, with that though you brought up the inflammatory uh, cases there involved with the shot and it's really funny that you brought that up because I got some information today that uh, really scares the frick out of me. Anyway, uh, do you know what a pressurized coma is? Have you ever heard of a pressurized coma before? No. no. Okay. Well, um, apparently, um, six guys, um, I know, I know where they were in the United States, um, all had, uh, what we call, uh, in the, if you ever been skydiving, we call it, uh, an ads deployment. 
an ads deployment is an automatic deployment device deployment, which means you were not conscious to pull your chute. Mm-hmm. Um, they were doing halo. They were high, high opening, low altitude jumps and, um, high altitude, low opening halo. Yeah. yeah that's what right. I just said. And, um, when they got to the ground, they were completely unconscious. Um, and they were in, all of them have been in comas since the, the jump. They have ceased all halo operations. Hey, ho, halo, anything, um, has, they were, they're on a ground halt. Um, and, uh, every single one of them has been, um, jabbed and boosted, jabbed and boosted. And they are, they have no reason for why their brains swell, swelled to the levels in which they swelled. But just to give you an idea, they decompressurize the cabin. Um, you strap into oxygen well before this. You're breathing on air off of what's in the, the cabin, recirculated air. And then you snap out of that and you snap into your tank. It's the last thing you snap out of before you jump. And, and it's just because you want to conserve as much oxygen in that tiny little tank that you have. <clears throat> so you snap in, you turn, you face, and you're out. You have to look. You have to look directly back at the loadmaster before you step out because it signifies that you are conscious and cognizant of what was going on at the time in which you exited the aircraft, um, which means they dropped to a thousand feet and all of their shoots were automatically deployed because at a thousand feet, the ADD goes off and it deploys your shoot for you. Um, and that means they never pulled at the altitude they were supposed to, which means they were just really lucky that somebody observed them falling and said that doesn't look right and called the cops because that means they deployed a lot later than they were supposed to which meant they were a lot further closer to the ground when they when their shoots deployed which means they were way off of where they were supposed to be because you're talking about um, mm-hmm. a, a, le- a 9 to an 11 minute flight time before you even pull your shoot and that's you know you're up there when you jump so it was odd but uh, they are <clears throat> claiming it as unknown or suspicious incident that's of what it's listed as right now. There's so many suspicious incidents, right? I mean, this reminds me of um, some of, uh, you know, Steve Kirsch has this great sub stack. It's like a treasure trove of information on on these yeah. shots. And um, some of his recent articles, one of them, he was saying that, you know, all of the, um, you know, tattoo artists can tell who's been vac- who's been vaccinated because of the way that their skin reacts when you stick a needle into it. Um, it I've just reacts that. differently, right? Um, it also reminds me of uh, one physician knew a ultrasound techno- technician who does ultrasounds on pregnant women, and that technician had learned to be able to tell based on the way that the placenta looks and the way that the blood vessels form um, in the placenta that which shot the person got and when they got it. They could pr- they could tell that person which shot you got and when you got the shot, um, which just goes to show. And, and also, you know, the other thing it reminds me of is the way that the um, coroners who are doing proper autopsies of you know vaccine deaths, um, up to ninety percent of those cases, you'll see those stringy, weird clots that have never been seen before. Okay, and are not um, made up of red blood cells. Right. And so what this means, they're fibrin clots. Yeah, they're not red blood cells. Um, so, so this is clotting in the body, very unusual. And, and I think there, there is vascular inflammation in ev- everyone or almost everyone who's gotten the shot. And the question is, will it ever go away? Right. And so there's, there's one study showing they, they followed patients for up to two months and they still found 
mRNA persisting in these people creating spike protein. And it's like, you know, like we were, you know, people were warning um, about these shots that you've turned into a factory for mRNA. It's not just like one little part of your body. It's like all over, like wherever that mRNA ended up, it could be creating the spike protein, you know, inside of organs, inside the brain, inside the ovaries, you know, inside the fetus, you know, inside your placenta, you know, that you're you know, carrying what, to term. What about blood? Like, that's where I noticed it the most. Like, you know, we'd be back in the back of a bus, you know, working on somebody and I'd stick them with an IV and you get the flash in the IV and the flash in the IV, I could always tell just by the color of the blood. I was like, yeah. oh, you've, been, you've been vaccinated. Yep, sure have. And they were like yeah. proud of it. And I was like, that does not look like healthy blood. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. And so so they've also not just like the physical appearance of blood to your eye, um, but also they've looked at it under the microscope with black field microscopy. And, and what's different about black field microscopy is that you don't have to kill the cells in the sample in order to see what's going on in them. And basically they can tell, you know, to a T, like every single time, whether or not you've been vaccinated. And then some of the people in that sample study, they um, were not vaccinated and their blood looked normal. And then they got vaccinated and then their blood didn't look normal anymore. It looked abnormal. Um, and, you know, just weird things in the blood that no one's ever seen before. So we don't know what these things are doing and no one's allowed to ask the question or to like study it properly. I mean, we still don't really know what those weird self-replicating, self-forming you know, things are that have been found under black field microscopy. I mean, is there nanotech in this vaccine? I mean, nanoparticles is different than like nano, you know, self-assembling nanotechnology um, in your blood. Um, you know, nanoparticles are one thing, you know, they, they're just, they're particles and then hopefully they get broken down and, you know, discarded eventually. Um, but but self-assembling nanotech is something else, right? Um, and, and so we just don't know, like, what is going on? Like, what are we doing to people? And it's just like bizarre to me that we can't ask, ask these questions. And, you know, I, I realized, you know, that like basically human beings, when, when there's 7 billion human beings on, on, a, on the planet, like we can figure things out really fast. It took us just like, like a week or two in the very beginning of the pandemic for people everywhere in the, around the world to start to figure out which protocols would work, right? They had, okay, they had an idea and then they tried it in the clinic and then they, okay, it's not working. They tweaked it and then they got it to work, right? And they started seeing that it was helping people. Um, that's distributed super intelligence, right? Um, it doesn't depend on one person figuring something out. It depends on one out of a billion people happening upon the right answer and then spread and then telling everyone else about it and they replicate it and they do it and they see it works. I mean, this is what real science is. This is what real experimentation is. It's not like spending three years to develop a, you know, randomized controlled trial to figure out if hydroxychloroquine actually works, you know, before we can tell you to use it. Right. That's just utterly ridiculous. That's not the way medical science has ever been done. If it was, then we wouldn't be able to treat most things that walk into our clinic or, or like a significant percentage of them. 30 to 40% of stuff is off label, which means it's kind of, experimental right i mean it's not you know technically an experiment on you but it is you know what we call off-label prescribing um and it's it's this kind of like distributed super intelligence where you figure out that like for example colchicine works for gout right you don't need a study to prove it to you everyone knows it and then when you do run the study then you know what this actually happened you know it used to be for pennies you could get this drug colchicine for gout and now it's like four bucks a pill or tablet because a company came along with a hundred million dollars and decided to run the studies and submit it to the FDA and get it approved for gout, right? Like it's now 
on label instead of yeah. off label for gout, you know, not really a good thing for humanity, you know, actually. What was it? Um, my dad, uh, we take uh, niacin, niacin for gout. And that's uh, my dad and I, we did it for the longest time. I don't anymore because I can no longer feel that ankle. So it no longer affects me whatsoever. I'm sure it's horrible. I'm sure it sucks. It's about that time that my toe and my ankle blow up. But so far, can't feel it anyway. Can't feel it matter. anyway, so I won't know. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I was listening to Tim Pool, which Mick and I listen to very different podcasts. He listens to a lot of liberal shows and and then some some hardcore conservative shows. And I, I like to listen to a lot of kind of middle of the, the line shows, although I've listened to Tim Pool get more and more conservative as the left has gotten crazier and crazier. Um and, and he was talking about how he went to, uh, you know, he's in West Virginia or someplace like kind of close to DC, but in kind of in the boonies at the same time. And he went to a mall in, I don't know, Fredericksburg or someplace like that. And he was like, I don't understand where are all the people he's walking around. The stores are, their stores are closed for lack of staff and there's no one there. It's like two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. It should be packed and there's no one there. And you go to, you go over, you go to stores everywhere and it's like, where are all the people? And we, we read a story last night because the numbers didn't make sense to me, right? There's, there's 600,000 fewer people, um, on the unemployment, like just even working, trying to find work, anything, they're just unaccounted for. Mm. And, uh, and I was like, that doesn't make sense. Cause there's a lot more than that, that have already gone on the disability rolls and they're not counted. And then that have died from this and they're not counted. So then we read a story that they, they double counted the employment numbers. So when they said they added 500,000 jobs, they only added 250,000 because they double counted people. Um, people had two jobs and they counted it as, as, uh, Hmm. you know, single employment or yeah. Um, uh, so, but I'm, I'm like, and I hate to say this cause I, I say it all the time, but when you walk around and you're like, where are all the people? Where, where are all the, the workers? How come there's no one working? How are they surviving? They're not. They're dead. I'm sorry. They, they, yeah, they're, they're either dead or somebody else is picking up the slack. I mean, I think part of it is there has been a huge jump in the death rate. Um, but I mean, it would be hard to explain like maybe it's not hard maybe that is a big part of it but another part of it i think equally large um or equally concerning is long COVID and vaccine injuries these people like you know there, there's a spectrum of people right from very healthy to not so healthy to like right on the edge of being able like disabled to actually disabled right yeah. so long COVID and vaccine injuries what it did was it like that margin on the margin those people who were like just almost disabled actually became disabled and a lot of them became disabled because of, you know, the vaccine injuries and long COVID. Um, and so all aren't of those people- the same vaccine injuries and long COVID, aren't they really the same thing? They're essentially the same. I mean, they're, they're almost exactly the same with long, with vaccine injury, you know, you have the lipid nanoparticles to deal with and, and you have the mRNA that's just sticking around for months at a time making spike proteins. So it's, it's a little bit of a different, you know, story, but underlying like pathology is primarily due to the spike protein, but it and may most... be a little harder. Most doctors won't even admit vaccine injury, so they just call it long COVID 
because they don't yeah. want to admit that the vaccine had anything to do with it. So, oh, you got COVID, yeah. now you have long COVID, and and we're going to yeah. treat it like that, even though it's a vaccine injury, and we're just going to, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. And so so this was always a concern for me that, like, is are the rising death rates due to long COVID? Like, how, how would we know? And now we do know that they're not from long COVID. And the way we know that is that there's multiple data sets now. One is from Europe, one is from the UK, one is from the Social Security Administration here in the US, a whistleblower released it. And the fourth one is from insurance industry data. All of these data sets show that there was a spike in vaccines, okay? And then five months later, there was a mm-hmm. huge spike in deaths. And the, the, like, the, the magnitude of the spike in deaths is something that is completely inexplicable by anything that we've ever seen before, okay? So like it would take either like it would take like an atomic bomb dropping on us to cause this magnitude of a spike in deaths. And what I mean by that is that um, there was a 40 to 60% rise in the death rate across the population that got vaccinated. I mean, like up and down, depending on the age group. Um, but to put that into perspective, a 10, if it had been only a 10% rise in the death rate, we would have expected to see like a black swan event once in 200 years that could have caused a 10% rise in a population death rate due to like a pandemic or a disease or something, right? Like the, the 1910 or whatever, you know, flu outbreak, right? Um, or like the, the black plague. Spanish flu that was caused by vaccines that were given to the population in order right, to, protect, yeah. to protect them from the soldiers that were coming home from World War One with all of these dirty <laughs> European diseases. Yes. <laughs> right. Or, or like the Black Death, right, in Europe. So yeah. something that's like a once in a, you know, seven generation kind of like, you know, outlier event would have given you only a 10% rise. Now we have a 40 to 60% rise. This is something that you can't explain. Nothing has changed except the vaccine. And then that correlation, that five-month correlation, it doesn't correlate to COVID, right? Um, it only correlates with the vaccines. Um, and so, when you see this data in data sets around the world, I mean, it's very, very strong evidence that, that it is causative. It's not just a correlation or it has nothing to do with it. You know, it's just correlated, but there's something else that's also correlated that we can't find. There's nothing else that could explain it, right? Um, that spike in deaths happening over and over again, 20 to 23 weeks, you know, about five months after a big push to vaccinate in a population. So, I mean, at this point, there's there's really no doubt in my mind it, that these shots are deadly. Um, we knew it very soon after the vaccine rolled out because of the vaccine adverse events reporting system, but that only showed, like the correlation was only there in the first couple of weeks. Like we could see a death rate rising, like people were dying in the first week or two after the shot. But this five months later thing was kind of, it wasn't seen in bears because it's hard to make that connection when it's so far after the vaccine. People's um, without having isn't that long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Without having a population level data, but now we have it, and and now it's it's hard to hard to come up with any other alternative explanation. I can't think of any alternative explanation aside from like you know an evil fairy in the sky waving a magic wand. I mean, there's no other scientific rational reason for for over and over again populations around the world to have such a huge jump in deaths. And, and I, I don't want to like oversell this. I mean, a 40 to 60% rise in a death rate means like, say, if the death rate is 1%, that means it's now 1.4%. So like 1.4 people out of 100 will die instead of one person out of 100 dying. So it's not going to be like you're going to see people dro- dropping dead all around you, right? It's not 40 to 60% of the population is dying. I'm saying it's a 40 to 60% rise in the 
all-cause mortality rate in a population. So, so and, it's, and yet, I think there are some populations, some some specific geographic areas where you literally are seeing people die all around you. There have been a dozen people that have died in our neighborhood in the last since we moved in six months ago. I mean, that's insane. What were you saying, babe? No, what I was going to say until I was so rudely interrupted. <laughs> you were, you hadn't started yet, so go ahead. <laughs> Didn't mean jump in. <laughs> anyway, no, it, I was kind of hoping we go back to Black Death. I really was. So that way we can get back to bloodletting. Because remember, that was that was a cure for the Black Death, was bloodletting. And I'd love to see a bunch of liberals screw that up. Oh, that's one too court too many. Oh, shit, you're screwed. It's really hard to do bloodletting these days because the clots are so bad that if they can't yeah. inject the formaldehyde in, they can't really let the blood out. Embalmers now have to inject formaldehyde in like six or seven different places in the body because they used to just in inject it in one vein and it would go through the whole body, but they can't get it to circulate. So they have to inject it in so many different places because the clots are so bad they can't get it to circulate. I mean, this whole house of cards has to collapse, right? Like how long can it go on? I mean, it's well, just... Well, it's, it's starting to now. Um, did you hear about the, the Israeli... Uh, secret meeting that, yeah, 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 I'll, yeah. So, this this is really interesting too because you know, these whistleblowers are now coming forward. And the Israeli Ministry of Health, they you know, they took a year before they brought in an outside group of experts to you know, evaluate the safety of these vaccines that they rolled out. So, they let them go for a year, and then finally they were like, Well, maybe we should see if they're safe, right? Let's do some safety monitoring. This outside group comes and gives them a very negative report saying that not only is like death and disease correlated to these shots, it's caused by the shots. We have found evidence that is a direct causal link, okay? You know, without a doubt. Um, and this was all recorded in a Zoom meeting. And and then, you know, the Israeli Ministry of Health turns around the next day and they publish a public report saying, everything's fine, the vaccines are safe, we confirmed it, yay. Until this whistleblower, yeah, um, you know, released the Zoom call. And so now now we can see behind the curtains, these people at the highest levels, they do know what's going on to go back to your, you know, what you, you had mentioned earlier. So at the very highest levels, it just takes like one person at the top of a pyramid of human beings to be evil. Right. And then everyone else below them is just following orders. And a lot of them actually don't have to be evil to, to like they just believe they've drunk the Kool-Aid, they believe that they're doing the right thing and they're able to convince themselves they're doing the right thing. This is essentially like, it, it's like the devil, right? This is the the way the devil works in the world, right? It's one evil being, right? That whispers in the hearts of men and women and, you know, spreads evil, right? And, and, and the men and women who are doing the work of the devil, oftentimes, like the devil is like whispering other thoughts in their heart, like to convince them that they're not really bad, right? Like they're, they're able to like convince themselves that I'm really not so bad. And like, you, you come up with all these excuses, right? Um, so, so you, you know, unfortunately, if you really sat down and had a, you know, like a deep look at what you're doing, um, you have to realize that you're doing something wrong. And, and so I, like people just are not aware enough or they don't have the time to sit down and become aware. 
you know, people aren't doing that work nowadays of like self-examination and self-reflection to understand what their motivations are and why they're doing things and whether they are actually perpetrating evil. And, and when you get so many people in a society just like marching along like lemmings going over a cliff, that's when you have stuff like, you know, Nazi Germany or before that, you know, um, what happened like the colossal Holocaust in Russia, right, where 20 million people were killed, if not more. Um, and now where you have, you know, perhaps as much as, you know, five, you know, 50 million people who may have been killed so far from these shots, you know, 5 billion people have been given them. If it's only 1% death rate, um, that's 50 million people, which is something, you know, it's unprecedented in human history. It's never happened to such, you know, such a huge death toll from, from something that human beings have done to each other. Um, nothing compares to it. So, so this is, this is unfortunately human nature and we, we need to fight against it. And, um, right now, the biggest problem I see, you know, that is that we don't join forces, right? We're, we're, we just squabble with each other over these minor things. Right. Um, I mean, even like the, the whole, like, conservative, you know, and liberal, you know, arguments and the left and right and, you know, all the different things. I know that they're, they're real issues and I take a side on them also, but like at the end of the day, we need to stop fighting and arguing with each other because that, it seems so petty in this, the grander scope of what's in going the grander on. scheme of things, right? The grander scheme of things is like, it's like, you know, world shaking events, right? We're talking, we're, we're looking down the barrel of a gun, like humanity as a whole is looking down the barrel of a gun. I mean, this could be a civilization ender, right? What we're doing to each other right now, um, you know, this kind of bio warfare, right? Um, it could lead to like a dystopian future where you can't have babies, like some kind of sci-fi thing. Where, you know, and a lot of these sci-fi stories, right? Like, I mean, it's like people are exposed to all these ideas and they're like, and then they see something in the world and they're like, oh, that's got to be a conspiracy theory. Like that couldn't happen. That's just like sci-fi, right? Like <laughs> so we, we say all, all movies are either uh, documentaries or prophecies. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. There was a book. I don't know if you know, that like basically predicted 9-11, right? Like there was, it was a fiction book um, that basically described, you know, planes flying into the World Trade Center tower. There was a um, show. Uh, it, it only had like, thir it had 13 episodes. It, it was in 2001. It was in March of 2001 um and uh, i can't remember the name of it but the, in the last episode they they talked about they had intelligence that uh they were going to fly planes into the world trade center and that was the last episode that that aired yeah wow yeah. um yeah th there was something similar with these uh this COVID stuff ron uns um wrote has written a lot about this actually and tried to spread spread these ideas that like there was a, there was like a CNN or something um, show that aired um, where they were talking about how our our deep state had warned our allies about um, you know COVID like a few months before it actually started to spread in China. So the question was like, how did we know before China knew that there was going to be an outbreak of COVID? Um, and you know, there there was some speculation that maybe our deep state actually developed it and released it at the Wuhan military games and try and was using it as like a, you know, a bioweapon against China and Iran, because that's where it first hit China, you know, a weapon, an enemy of ours. And then it, the parliament in Iran, actually, a lot of them died two enemies of ours. Um, but then, but then it started spreading everywhere. So, um, you know, I, I find it hard to believe that we would have developed this thing and then been so stupid to think that we could have just, you know, used it against 
China and Iran, it wouldn't like blow back on us. I think the plan was that the blowback would happen and that it would start with them and then it would just spread. And then I think it may have actually been seeded everywhere. Um, and, and this is like a, a higher level thing. I mean, it's not just like, you know, it's more of like a world government kind of thing, right? Like a, a deep, a, gov a governmental, you know, level deep state, right? Something that's, mm -hmm coordinating things behind the scenes. Um, World Economic Forum, Council of Foreign Relations type of stuff. You know, it's interesting because we yeah, found out- Even steps above that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the Council of the Elohim. Uh, we found out a long time ago that um, actually the, the Chinese, well, anytime anyone submitted their DNA to 23andMe, Ancestry.com, Human Genome Project, it went to both- the American government and the Chinese, and they kept a, a copy of our DNA in order to develop bio-specific, genetic-specific bioweapons against certain populations. Um, I think that's why you've seen certain races being absolutely decimated either by COVID or the jab or both, the American Indian population, for example. But, you know, the Russians were saying that uh, the reason that they attacked Ukraine was because of the biolabs, which have been confirmed in Ukraine that were developing genetic specific yep. bioweapons against the Russians. So what if, what if we, we did that this was originally developed at Fort Detrick and um, against the Chinese and maybe the Iranian people, um, genetic specific, but what they didn't take into account in their racist little liberal brains is that we are such a melting pot over here that we, there's so much to mix blood that if you target it towards any race, it's going to come back to the U.S. I was just a possible. Yeah, so so it's possible. I mean, that's one hypothesis that we were really just trying to attack, you know, our enemies. And the other hypothesis is that we were always planning to attack everyone. I'm I'm not sure, you know. I mean, who knows? But like, this is this is my <laughs> issue with it. Okay, first of all, every doctor that had anything to do with this uh, should go outside and shoot themselves in the head with a handgun immediately because you have violated the first and number one principle that goes against every oath that you stand for as a doctor. Do no harm. So you should automatically eliminate yourself from this conversation and life all of a sudden become very not, allergic not to you, life. Not sir, obviously. <laughs> because if you took part in this and your initial oath of the Hippocratic Oath is to do no harm, what were you thinking? I mean, no doctor should be even thinking like this and we should be allowing no doctor to ever think like this because I believe the last doctor that did think like this, Mangala. I believe his name was Joseph Mangala. And I believe he had a thought process of eliminating half the population of the world through the use of rats. And he could prove that rats were the Jews' best friends. I mean, I, I don't want to go back to another Dr. Dr. Mengele type situation again, but the idea that mankind is even discussing, because you do realize like this is all a theory. It There's nothing proven about it. And if we were to do that, if we did release a genetic disease such as this that can reproduce over time and change itself, morph, mutate to defeat any antivirus that hey, we that gave info it. info came from your sources. So you're the that one that means, it up. <laughs> that means that we're, no, I, I wasn't talking about that. What I was talking about was the last thing that you were referring to, which was a essentially a genetic disease, kind of like what we just saw in the last James Bond movie. Yeah. Specific genetic encoded diseases to that attack certain people. But in the hands of one person is the problem. 
Because in the hands of one person, that one person now can say, hey, Dr. Heidi, you're an enemy of mine. Oh, I've got your, I've got your genetic sequence. Watch this. Now, if anybody comes in contact with you with this genetic sequence, you die. I mean, now you start eliminating your enemies. No one man can be trusted with that. Yeah, I don't think even many men can be trusted with it. Um, exactly. But like, you know, you, you know, the, the, the problem here is that it wasn't just the Wuhan strain that was bioengineered. Probably all of these strains were themselves bioengineered, right? Delta, there's mm -hmm. evidence that it was bioengineered. There's evidence that Omicron, this was just published in a peer-reviewed journal, that Omicron was most likely bioengineered. There's especially evidence. Omicron. Yeah, there, especially Omicron, right? And that was looked like another kind of like attack on China, right? Because finally it started to spread there out of control and they they're still locked down. If anyone hasn't checked recently, you know, they've been locked down for over a month, it seems like. Um, so so their their economy is in shambles. Um, so it's it's an economic weapon, right? Slash bioweapon. Um, and then monkeypox also. There's evidence, published evidence also that it is very likely to be a bioweapon, which begs the question, what's next, right? Is there another one about to be released? Because, you know, Omicron is dying out here in the West and monkeypox is, you know, hit its peak and is starting to drop in the U.S., um, so, you know, and the midterm elections around the corner, I mean, it's just like, it seems like another what is the October election surprise? interference. Yeah, yeah. What is right. the October surprise? Yeah. The midterm variant. What's that is it going to be the geese? <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I I'm just wondering. I mean. Oh, Wow. Well, whatever it is, you know, also it could be climate lockdowns. Um, you know, yeah. there was that's that what I'm great, on. Yeah, there was that great, like, what was it? Um, like a leaked video in a restaurant or something where somebody on CNN, like a CNN staffer was saying that like, yeah, you know, the next thing is going to, that we're going to be pushing really hard is climate lockdowns. Um, yep. And so, um, I mean, certainly that's coming, right? I mean, ESG movement has just gained so much steam in the last like five, 10 years. It's just crazy, right? It's hard to believe how quickly it's overtaken the conversation entirely. Um, so, so I, I'm, you know, whatever it is, the end game is the same, like take away our freedoms, you know, lock us down one way or the other and um, control us. Right. And eventually they're, they're coming after the guns. Right. I don't know how they're going to get them from us, but um, they're going to try. Of course. Right? They're going to try. just trying to get a list now of everybody so who's got one. So. Th this is yeah. With the credit card companies, this yep. is really scary, though. Um this new executive order that Biden signed to de to develop genetic engineering technologies to write circuitry for cells and predictably program biology. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's a scary future, right? I mean, th this <laughs> is like the, the, this is the future, you know, that um, is coming into focus right now is is basically it's the Antichrist, right? I mean, this is what we're seeing um, mm -hmm. leading up to that, you know, the the advent of the Antichrist, and and so I mean, th this is all part of God's plan. I think people need to you know keep that in mind um, and realize that God is really the one in control. And you know, regardless of how bad things look, um, if you are a believer, you know, God is taking care of you, and whatever's happening is for your benefit, right? And and really, I mean. And that benefit might not really be apparent to you right now. Um, it may take until the next life for it to really be apparent why it was good for you. But regardless, I mean, you, you can't harm a believer, right? Even if you do shoot them or you chop off their arm or something, it's not real like eternal harm, right? So, um, like everything, everything is a benefit to to the true believers. Well, so you, you said it in the beginning when we were talking about how you know we shouldn't have trusted these systems for so long. Everything that's come out has. I mean, everything that's happened to us 
to all of us in the past two years has brought to light all of this this corruption that's been embedded in all of these institutions for so long. And we just couldn't see it until it was until it smacked us in the face. We didn't really have a choice. If this had never happened, we'd still be, you know, rolling along, getting our annual flu shots. Not that I ever got a flu shot, but you know, I mean, you know, doing our, our thing and, and taking our big pharma pills and, uh, um, lining up like little sheep and punching our time cards and, you know, being good little worker bees. We, so many people have come to the light, come to the truth and come back to God in the past two years um, and not to the church, but to God. Uh, and it's a completely different thing. It's really been miraculous. I agree. I think we are headed towards that, um, the advent of the Antichrist and and the onset of revelation the final battle between good yeah. and evil yeah yeah but i don't think it's the end i think it's the beginning of of something yeah, new it, it is the beginning of something great um and uh and that i think is also an important point to make that um you know the you know the united states may not last forever right but this is a it's bigger than just the united states this is a you know it's a battle between good and evil you know that's been going on for millennia since the beginning of time and and whatever we can do to fight for the good and uh, you know we should do it and we when we need to do it so you know people need to join forces and do as much as they can so you know thank you guys for for what you're doing you know this is a big part of it i mean i continue to be afraid that they're going to be coming for the alternative media and the internet itself you know very soon yeah. um because they, they, they can't control it right i mean they're trying to control it i think they're trying to spread false narratives and like send people down like the wrong they're, paths they, you know they're like uh like when the roadrunner used to try and plug holes in the dam and he would put like one finger in one place and then the, the water would start squirting out in another place. He'd stick another finger, another toe, toe. And then before you know it, he's got his beak. And then before you know it, the rest of the thing just bursts open. That's what's about to happen to them. And I think they've lied so much to cover their lies now that not nobody's believing anything coming out anymore. Uh, there's more and more signs of people actually standing up and just saying, no, no. Honestly, we, I mean, I, I'm surprised the FBI didn't knock on our door six months ago. Um, and uh, I I fully anticipate them coming anytime. In fact, I've already had conversations with both of our children. If they show up, don't let them in. Don't freak out. Just, you know, come get us and uh, just stay calm. And here's a uh, call grandma, call your uncle and call our lawyer. <laughs> and, you know, to my teenager, like, here's the numbers you need. Um, but uh it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a scary world that we live in, but it's not unknown. If you know your history, you know, what's coming next because you've seen this happen or you've heard of, you've read of this happening before. Very few of us were alive to see this before. Um, I think they waited until most of the last generation that went through this had, had died of old age before they started it again. But, uh, but here we are right back where we were 75 years ago. Just... Yeah, I, I have a feeling, you know, I've been thinking about this, like, you, you always hear about, like, these child pornography stings, you know, like, people, like, somebody in the federal government gets put up on child pornography charges. I think, like, most or computers Disney. in the U.S. probably have child pornography on them, just because, like, if you've ever opened up, like, a pornographic website, you know, some of, the, there is probably child porn on it, right? And you just don't know it, right? Like, you may not be looking for it 
but it's like there and it might be in your cache or whatever. And so I think that like they don't necessarily have to like themselves plant it. I think it's already been planted on most computers. So I, I think that it's just a thought that I had that I think that's what's actually going on with a lot of these cases where somebody is like, oh, this is a child pornographer. You know, I, I think they probably just were like Googling for like, you know, MILF or something, you know, and ended up with child pornography on their computer um, and they had no idea. So it's just something to be Make aware sure of. Your cash. <laughs> for people. <laughs> In my cell phone, I, I'll yeah, have clear, to, but no, I don't think I will. Clear the cookies on your phone. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I will because I think midgets and donkeys will definitely bring an agent down a rabbit hole. They did not expect they'd find themselves aroused oh, at. Oh, just saying. I don't think you can corrupt the FBI any more than they've already been corrupted. Very true. Very true. It's the little things. Oh, wow. All right, Doc, where can, uh, where can people find you? Are you still doing that awesome um, antibiotic kit? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I was just talking about that the other night, telling people about it. So, Cause. Yeah, so that's that's it. My go-to-doc.com. And just to remind people, you know, 97% of our antibiotics are coming from China. And um, we're, we're going to war against China. If anyone is in doubt, don't be in China I mean, and Russia together. They're, they're, yeah, China and Russia yeah. are, are, and Iran and, and they're all they're all together. I mean, the, you can see the writing on the wall. That's we're squaring off against them. And what are they going to do? I mean, they're going to we're going to sanction them. They're going to sanction us. Um, we're going to take, you know, 500 billion dollars of their foreign exchange reserves. They're going to stop sending us antibiotics you know so um there's gonna be <laughs> um a big problem right because you know people in the past used to die of like you know these minor infections alexander the great like died at the age of 32 from like a bacterial infection that we probably could have like you know cured with ten dollars worth of antibiotics in the modern world and it wasn't just him i mean it was a leading cause of death in the ancient world right we're just bacterial infections so um it's kind of like a life or death thing it's like either you need it or you don't you know um and if you need it you really need it um so anyway there's that and there's some other protocols but we are going to be launching like a virtual pcp direct primary care thing in all 50 states hopefully in the next month or two um and and we'll be able to handle like any kind of prescriptions online at that point um which should be great and uh and then there's the you know if people need a covid um waiver or like a vaccine exemption um we've now started offering that and um and some other exciting things that we're looking into we're, we're going to be trying to launch functional medicine and counseling and other services like health coaching and stuff like that um and so so that's all available at my go-to doc you can also register for free you know and you can also if you can't afford the fees you can ask for discounts or even ask us to waive the fees in many cases um and then there's a new if people have long COVID or vaccine injury there's a a group on Facebook called Long Haul Reset uh, that we launched. It has over a thousand people just in the last week just joined it. Um, and, and there's a lot of great information there. I do a Q&A every week on Wednesday. I think we're going to move it to 3 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. Um, but there's, there's a couple of um, previous ones that are up there. So um, that's great. Um, for people who are suffering from this, you know, just find some support and see what's worked for other people, you know, in the comment section on that Facebook group. Um, it's a private group just so that it doesn't show up in like Google search results um, and raise any red flags. But, you know, just ask for admittance and, and we'll let you in. So um, that, that's what's been going on. And uh, and so people can find me at my go to doc um, and, and also on Facebook for now, you know, <laughs> until they kick me off. Yeah. 
we got yeah, kicked you, off a long time ago. So. Yeah, you probably <laughs> don't want to be on Facebook anyway. I've got some news. I'm on Gab too. Yeah, I'm on Gab too. It's just yeah. The, it's the just FBI, harder to find people there. FBI has been spying on you for a hot minute. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I, I don't know that they, you could avoid that anywhere, right? <laughs> like, um, you We're know, like, like, like we, we have no idea the sophistication of these, you know, of the FBI and the CIA, right? Like the level of surveillance that they have. I mean, they probably know everything that we're saying, right, <laughs> at all times. Yeah. Um, and running it through their AI systems, right? Um, I mean, it's probably like, you know, people don't even know. You can turn off your phone and, and they can still control your phone, right? Like yep. even when it's off. So. Yeah. Yep. Heard that too. Heard a lot of crazy shit on that. Yeah. We like to go to the beach. We leave our phones in the car, go yeah, sit yeah. by the water, yeah. away from anyone, anywhere. Of course, now we have a beach in our backyard. So that we don't have to go very far now. <laughs> we got so much rain. It finally stopped raining for like two days straight. But we we got so much rain. Um, I uh, our, our lake, our pond in our backyard has overflown its boundaries and it's uh, – it's all the way up in our yard. So it's a little ridiculous. So I don't have a lot of grass to cut anymore. It's just nice, but bad all at the same time. <laughs> the ducks are happy. Yeah. It's about the only animals <laughs> the that, only are right that are now. happy. <laughs> we were saying that if the FBI showed up at our house, we would make them go wait by the duck enclosure because they've just been playing. I've got five ducklings and a full size duck that have just been playing in mud and duck shit stinks so bad. I could just see them and they're prissy little FBI you know, suits and shoes standing over in duck shit mud. That'd be awesome. <laughs> anyway. Oh, just the little fantasies we have of how we're going to torture them as they've tortured us. <laughs> all right. Yeah, well, we need to take back our country, man. I mean, seriously, really what, what happened with January 6th and all those political prisoners, I mean, it's really, really like sad that we haven't demanded that they be freed at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, like we should have like an Occupy Washington the way they had Occupy Wall Street, right? Like we need to go Occupy Wall Washington until they let these people go. You know, they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. I agree. That's why I, that's why I said I thought they'd show up at our door six months ago because they put me in the beginning of their uh, their little January sixth committee movie production. Mm. Um, so and then oh, wow. Liz Cheney came on to spoken to everyone in, in the video and that everyone had been investigated and I was like, no one ever came and talked to me and I've never been under investigation. So uh, liars, yeah. So, but hey, it is what it is. I'm still trying to see them. We'll see how it goes. So <laughs> it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Like Mike Lindell is going to see them. That'll be fun too. Well, maybe you can get in on that suit. No shit. Huh? <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on doc. Um, and uh, look forward to you the next time. Yeah. Most yeah. definitely. Thanks we'll for having me on. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Bye. Have a great night. You too. All right. Fuckers. All right. Yeah. I got to share the screen still. Yeah. I love Dr. Hedier. Because he's uh, very in touch with what's going on. Well, more than most. Yes. The first time I talked to him was in Dallas, actually. Lindsay, you'll appreciate that. Um, and uh, and I, I kind of kind of blew his mind that first time. You weren't with me. Um, no. But I, I ended up having like an hour-long conversation with him, and I, I threw him down some rabbit holes. And I don't know that he ever came out of those rabbit holes. <laughs> So... <laughs>
Well, well that's okay. Don't worry. Joe came in for the win last night, apparently late last night. Uh, Joe came in and he said, this is the United States Camara, for God's sake. <laughs> so uh, apparently they have read it. They breached the White House reaches a tentative agreement to avert the rail strike, um, which was extremely close to happening. Uh, the labor threatened to shut down much of the country's rail system midnight uh, Friday. If they had, uh, if a deal had not been reached, Biden said the agreement will keep the critical rail operations running to avert a significant economic damage and a shutdown that would have brought an end. Can we take a knee on this one? And I, I don't get me wrong; I have three or four stories on it too. But I'm thinking because I'm seeing all these stories. Failure wasn't an option here. How Biden navigated a political and economic minefield at a critical moment in rail negotiations. Do you think because he's such an old, corrupted piece of shit that he sidesteps some landmines that he didn't see coming and he's going to step on one on the way out and everything's going to go boom with the deal? No, I, I don't know that there really is a deal. This tentative deal, this tentative deal has been in place I mean, they, they've been negotiating this for months. They've had a tentative deal. It's the same deal that the workers said fuck off to a couple days ago. Well, I, they they still might not show the up tomorrow. The tentative agreement reached tonight is an important win for our econo economy and the American people. It's a win for tens of thousands of rail workers who have worked tireless through, through the pandemic to ensure that America's families and communities got deliveries that have kept us going during these difficult years, Biden said in a statement. These rail workers will get better pay, improve working conditions, and peace of mind around their health care costs, all hard-earned. The agreement is also a victory for the railway companies who will be able to retain and recruit more workers for the industry that will continue to be a part of the backbone of the American economy for decades to come. The president's statement continued. And he kind of went on almost echoing as if uh, the deal needs to be ratified by union members, but it's reportedly includes a new cooling off period to prevent a, a strike if vote fails. See? Ooh, I wonder, you might be onto something. And I don't think it's the same of what you're saying. I think he's trying to, for instance, because I've got another he's story. He's trying to take a win, but really what he did was just put in a new cooling off period. He's trying to push it past the midterms. I, I get you, but what I, I don't think actually has anything to do with the midterms, to be honest with you, with this one. This one is for him. Because you got to remember, what was the last win Biden came out with? The election? No. Afghanistan? Although no. It was a dismal failure. Um, uh, uh, the Green New Deal? No. Uh, the, uh, the Inflation Expansion Act? Yes. That's the Green New Deal. It's the same thing. So he was out rolling around doing his fucking- By an electric doing car. Doing his- Oh yeah, look at what we did. Look at how much better we're going to be. Blah, 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 blah. And then truth be told, he comes out and he goes to say that the same day that- Oh, by the way, inflation's up to 8.3%. Yeah. Uh, Joe, that's not really a win. So he needed a win. So what if he made this win and behind the scenes, there really is no win? Exactly. Because I saw right after this story, 
failure wasn't an option here. The next one, Biden's polls have done a dramatic increase in the last 24 hours. Yeah. All right. So let's hold our breath. Let's wait and see what happens tomorrow. Let's just we'll wait 24 hours on this. Leo because Sla- yeah, in 24 hours, we'll we're going to know. know. If they show up to work tomorrow, we'll know. Um, Leo Slayer, I've got a, a new, uh, someone said that um, Biden was like Hitler plus Stalin. And I was like, oh. so instead of Bitler, it's Bitlin. Yes. Biden plus Hitler plus Stalin is Bitlin. There you go. Anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm going to hold my breath on this railroad thing. Okay. I, I still went to tractor supply today and stocked up on chicken and duck and dog food. Cause just in case. So, and they had a lot of stuff on clearance. I asked you to bring up a clip. Where's that clip? Which one? The, um, Rogan interview with, um, it's in there somewhere. It's probably the black one. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Okay. I want to play this again for and you. And this is the, this is a longer. I'm not sure where this one starts because I didn't get a chance to. Because this is important, but I want you all to watch this real quick. This is really important. Okay. Important. I, I we might. Well, this clip yeah, went uh, massively viral over the weekend. Um. So Mark Zuckerberg right, went off. Shut up, Dorsey. Dude. Shut up. How do you dude. guys handle here with the fallout from this one? If there is any fallout, Come let's on. listen and we'll break the Hunter Biden story. Right, the New York yeah, we Post, have a, a big news Let's handle things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial. Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New yeah, York we Post. Have yeah. So you guys censored that as well. So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us. Some, some folks on our team it was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have. Um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we, we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being, um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when you um, say the distribution has decreased, in, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less, so fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely by what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's 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 meaningful. But I mean, but basically, a um, a lot of people are still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously this is a hyper political issues. So depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much, but, but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as, as Twitter. We just kind of thought, Hey, look, if, if the FBI, which I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's like very professional law enforcement. They come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something Then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was it basically fit the pattern. 
Okay, so um, after this dropped, then we got this. All right, I'm going to stop him. Okay, so that's all really important. Why is this so fucking important? Well, the face, we called this episode Truth and Conspiracy Converge Part 1. Why is it Truth and Conspiracy Converge Part 1? Well, it is because Facebook spied on private messages of Americans who questioned the 2020 election. We knew that. They've been doing this for a hot minute, folks. You know how I know that? Because I got kicked off Facebook when I sent an instant message, a private message to my aunt. Facebook has been spying on private messages of data Amer Americans, uh, American users and reporting them to the FBI, express anti-government, anti-authority sentiments, or question the 2020 election, according to sources of the Department of Justice. Under the FBI collaboration operation, somebody at Facebook red flagged these sup supposedly subversive private messages over the past 19 months and transmitted them in redacted form to the domestic terrorist operations unit at the FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. without a subpoena. Now, most of these were people who had Gatson flags in their, as their profile picture, or you had it somewhere on your page. Okay. Uh, it was done outside the legal processes without any probable cause, alleged allege one of the sources. Facebook provide, uh, provides FBI private conversations, which are protected by First Amendment without without any subpoena. These private messages then are framed, are farmed out to leads to FBI field offices around the country, which subsequently requested subpoenas uh, from partner U.S. attorney offices within their districts to offici officially obtain private conversations that Facebook already had shown them. So, uh, yeah. And FBI insiders say that white supremacy threat was way overblown. Uh, actually, one source said that there's more agents investigating white supremacy than there, there are white supremacists. <laughs> so the FBI insiders, again, we've got insider sources. So this is a little bit of hope. We got some hope here. We got people that are finally starting to live morally and ethically right. They're saying, nah, bear. Nah, no more. We're done with this shit. So FBI insiders say that the white supremacy threat overblown as Biden opens a summit about racists and extremists. Yes, there's going to be a summit about this, folks. A summit. About us. President Biden will convene a forum Thursday at the White House aimed at confronting civil rights groups, local officials, academies, say an explosive rise in extremism and white supremacy that threatens the core of America's democracy. Oh, he's not going to make it a public event so we can turn it into a truth fest. So the United uh, We Stand Summit builds administration's push to root out racially motivated domestic violent extremists. Notice those words, very specifically worded that way. The threat sparked a sweeping strategy that included the creation of a specialized Justice Department unit to combat domestic terrorism. Hey, do you remember that little department that they were, the, the anti-thought group, like the thought police? Uh, what's oh. her name? That crazy bitch, that yes, crazy bro. Yes, the, yeah. uh, the, the Ministry of Truth. Uh, it got created. Yeah. It got relabeled as soon as it was created. Now... It is now a, a program under the DOJ. 
Current and former FBI agents tell the Washington Times that the perceived threat comes from overblown and uh, overblown under the administration. They say the bureau analysts and top officials are pursuing FBI agents to create domestic terrorist cases and tag people as white supremacists to meet internal metrics, which means it's a quota. They have a quota of how many white supremacist cases they have to open a month. So that's why they took Mike Lindell's phone. They need a white, more, more white they supremacists. They need more white supremacists, so they're just going to go through his contacts and see who they can wrap um, up. We demand for white supremacy is coming from the FBI headquarters. Vastly outstrips the supply of white supremacy, said one agent who spoke on the condition of anonymity. We have more people assigned to investigate white supremacists than we can actually find white supremacists. The agent said those driving bureau policies, I have already determined that white supremacy is a problem and a set agency-wide policy to alleviate racially motivated Elev or elevate. elevate racially motivated domestic extremism cases as priorities. So folks, <sighs> holy shit. This is... Don't shave your head, babe. I'm a white supremacist. I can't. I know. I'm a domestic terrorist. I can't. I know. I have to look the part now. You got the t-shirt. That'll work. Good idea. So uh, there was an interesting opinion piece in the New York Post. Um, White House is spreading misinformation, even as it asks big tech to crack down. Oh, the irony. The White House and Democratic officials compel big tech to censor those who spread misinformation online, violating our First Amendment rights to free speech. It doesn't matter if what voters say is truthful or backed by facts. If anything conflicts with the left's political narrative and far left ideology, it seemed misinformation and wiped from view in what's known as shadow banning. Poof, gone. Yet hypocritically, there's hardly a day that goes by where Democrats and the Biden regime aren't lying to our faces, spreading misinformation themselves without any correction or accountability from the same social media networks, legacy media, or so-called fact checkers. They all take a nap when it comes to calling out fellow Democrats' dissemination of lies, half-truths, and propaganda that's in plain view to the rest of us. For instance, on Sunday, Vice President Kamala Harris told Meet the Press host Chuck Todd twice during an interview that our country's borders are secure. Did she miss that? To date, there have been over 2 million illegal migrant encounters this fiscal year. So speaking of that, and this is really funny this morning, um, a funny, yes, but at the same time makes me think it was a distraction, um, perhaps for the rail workers story or who, who knows what, um, did break away from the queen for a little bit though. So that was something anyway. Um, but, uh, old, old Ron DeSantis airmailed some illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard and then put them on a plane and, and popped him up to Massachusetts. And then um, uh, Abbott sh shipped some to- uh, no, 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 he Bust them up he to Camel Toe's house. He didn't fly them. Ron DeSantis didn't fly them. Mm -hmm. He put them on Miami street buses and sent them to fucking Martha's Vineyard. No, no, they flew into Martha's Vineyard. Planes landing. I've got a clip of planes landing. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, it started the, the top because the one I saw was the 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 doors opening to a Miami freaking Dade Metro area s- that, bus. That might have been Metro a, bus. I don't know. That's not the first one though. Uh, whatever. Which one? The first one. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? Why would I do the first clip as yeah. the first clip? Yeah. Well, I guess you're going to find out what she's talking about. You wouldn't do that. Back, We've had a jam-packed show of breaking news. We want to go back to one of those stories. Two buses full of illegal migrants arrived this morning from Del Rio, Texas, all dropped off in Washington right in front of Vice President Kamala Harris's D.C. doorstep. Uh, There is the buses arriving. They were largely adult men, some children as well, coming off of those buses. Griff Jenkins reporting there was 101 people on the two buses combined. They've been waiting for assistance and direction since then, uh, some being taken to local churches to wash up and eat. Griff Jenkins reported earlier that it was 101 migrants, but we heard from one of the NGOs uh, who told us that they are going to get them health care, get them uh, fed, get them cleaned up, and then they're going to try to find them housing. Sarah Westwood and Mark Tepper with us all morning long. And Sarah, all of these subsidies and breaks that the migrants are getting cost money, and that will ultimately show up in uh, potential tax increases Uh, in Joe Biden's upcoming legislation. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there was a time, remember, last year when Secretary Mayorkas, when then Press Secretary Jen Psaki refused to use the word crisis to describe the migration surge that was happening at the border, even when Texas leaders, Arizona leaders were begging for help from the federal government to deal with the enormous surge of migrants coming over the border. Now you have these Democratic mayors handling just a fraction of that, and they're calling it a crisis, and they're begging for help. It's a lot of hypocrisy. Voters can can see through a lot of this, though, I think. Mark, final word. Here's the lesson. You cannot lie a problem away. You cannot turn a blind eye to a problem. Stop the lying. It's time for a solution. Yeah, stop creating misinformation boards and just stop the misinformation. Mark Tepper, Sarah Westwood, great to see you this morning. Thank you. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll see you again uh, tomorrow. Sounds like you could be talking about the jabs as much as the migrants. Can't lie a problem away. Nope, you sure can't. And it, it, it that's really going to smack them in the mouth. That's going to yeah. be horrible. I like yeah. the more and more I think about that, and the worse off I think this is going to be for them. The migrants or the jab or both? No, the jab. Because yeah. the jab is literally about to blow up, folks. It really like, is. Literally, you have liberals now saying that the jab's bad. Like the jab, don't give the jab. There are liberals now saying it. And we're going to go deep into the numbers. We kind of we skim the surface of some of it with Dr. Saeed at the beginning of this, but Sunday and our Kovac special, we are going to go deep into the numbers and it, they're going to blow your mind. Um, but uh, anyway, play, play the next one because um, you know, good old dirty mop head did try and lie her way out of this, oh, more this bullshit. problem. She's lighter. She's tried to lie. She's, her way out. It's, she sucks. It's so lying. ridiculous. It's so horrible. They should ask Texas Governor Ted Cruz and Florida Senators Marco Rubio and Rick Scott. Oh, oh, wait, who? Texas Governor Ted Cruz? Yeah. Are are you aware that they should ask Texas Governor Ted Cruz and Florida Senators Marco Rubio and Rick Scott? Oh, she's just reading off a piece of paper oh, okay. and not actually thinking about what she's saying. Maybe she doesn't have the capacity to think about. So, so saying. once, once again, folks, this, this now is, uh, 
she will read whatever's put in front of her. So yeah. if you fuck with her papers, it will be hysterical. Yeah. So fuck you, San Diego might be coming across her teleprompter one of these days. Just saying. That would be funny. really funny. So what are the most difficult challenges right now? The difficult challenges are, uh, we have, at some point in time, they have to move to somewhere else, right? We, we cannot, we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants. Um, and we, we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island. And so we don't, we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. We don't have housing for 50 more people. No, 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 bitch. That's not the way this game plays, okay? You think they have housing for five million people? Hey, well, listen here, slut. You wanted to be a sanctuary city there, slut. So guess what? Your doors are open just like your legs for any guy passing through town. We get it. Guess what? You're open for business. You're now getting business. Deal with it. You want to be a sanctuary. You want to take them in. Fine. You get to deal with it now, turd. Don't fucking come to us and tell me how, well, we've got a housing, tough shit. Should have thought about that before you said, damn, we're going to be a sanctuary city. Fuck you. It's great when you write. Deal with it now, twat. checks uh, that you're. Your ass can't catch. Exactly. Fucking too fucking bad. Deal with it, bitch. It sucks for you. Shouldn't have been on that list, should you have been? Huh? Dumbass. Hey, the sanctuary cities can take all the illegal immigrants. It's exactly where they're going. That's yep. what DeSantis and fucking uh, the governor down there in Texas are doing. I uh, Abbott, I completely agree with them. Send them there. Go yep. for it. Although I, I don't, I, I do, and I don't agree with them. Well, we'll and we'll get we'll get to that because we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, on what you call this political stunt with the asylum seekers. Let's specifically get into the, lo the locations. Martha's Vineyard, the Naval Observatory. Can you talk to the issue of, you said Boston. <laughs> it's an island that they sent mm -hmm. the asylum seekers to. An island that um, is known to be, in some instances, a democratic haven. Uh, former presidents, former Democratic presidents, vacation there, own homes there, et cetera. Could you speak to that as well as the Naval Observatory? What I could say, and I've been very clear, uh, it is a political stunt. That's what we're seeing from governor, uh, governors, Republican governors in, in particular. And um, it is a cruel, inhumane way of treating uh, people who are fleeing communism. Uh, people who are, who are uh, and we're not just talking about people, we're talking about children, we're talking about families uh, who are promised uh, a home, promised a job, put on a bus, and, uh, you know, driven to a place that they do not know. And it is a cruel thing to do. Promised okay, well, by well, you. Promised by who? And driven to a place they didn't know did did they were they so familiar with the place that they crossed over the border in the first place i was about to say did they live there were they born there yeah. is that's what we, no, no no too bad too too fucking bad deal with it you said you were a sanctuary haven that ice was not allowed to work in your towns and your cities good 
Okay, you have the right. That's what this country is about. You have the right to say that. But you're not allowed to bitch now that fucking immigrants are turning up on your doorstep. Tough shit. This is happening every day in Texas, every day in Arizona, every day in California, only because California is letting it happen. Oh, yeah. California is They're like, I, I don't know why. They but don't Texas and Arizona and New Mexico are fighting back against it, and they're getting absolutely no help from the federal government. Maybe you states that are bitching about that should now start bitching to the right people. You're bitching to us. We don't give a fuck. Fuck you is what we're saying. You should start bitching to the people who do control this, who do have the power to correct this. Stop bitching to us. We don't want to hear it. Take your fucking leftist tears and go flood another river. We got enough flooding in the country. Most of the country's in a drought, but, um, yeah. Good. Go cry in a state that needs water. Um, well, yeah. Why? I mean, what, Obama can house them, right? He's got that huge mansion. Yeah. He's got what? Two kids. He's got 58 bedrooms. His kids are like grown now. They're, they're banging Hunter and smoking weed at, concerts and shit oh and doing lines of coke off of the tips of dudes dicks just like dad yeah well that's not their real dad but okay um <laughs> anyway even cnn was going off about this i just jesus christ these people are amazing can't get any more ridiculous and they don't have any hotels on Martha's Vineyard. I mean, they're going into the off season now anyway, so. No shit. This is history. All of your documentaries are about history. Yeah. But all of them also make you think about where we are exactly. now. And we woke up to the news this morning that Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida sent two plane loads of migrants uh, to Martha's Vineyard off the coast of Massachusetts, including kids and whatnot. And I'm not saying this is not a one for one. This is not a parallel here in any way. But it does address some of the same themes that are part of this documentary. Well, Ken, it's I wonder if the you abstraction of human life. It's basically saying that you can use a human life that is as valuable as yours or mine or Lynn's and to put it in a position of becoming a political pawn in somebody's authoritarian game. This is the uh, coming straight out of the authoritarian playbook. This is what's so uh, disturbing about DeSantis, is to use human beings, to weaponize human beings for a political purpose. It's like when somebody disagrees with him in Florida, like the Walt Disney Company, he punishes them. This is not the actions of a person participating in a democratic process in which there's an exchange of ideas. This is about punishing political enemies, putting on uh, shows, political shows, political theater. And in this case, this is with the lives of human beings. And what's so ironic is these are Venezuelan refugees, which DeSantis should be supporting because they're trying to flee the, the corruption of a left-wing government and all of the pain there. And so this, the, the level of cynicism is beyond that. And, and what we find in all our films is that the themes that we engage in the past are present today. And so when you look at the story that we're telling of the U.S. and the Holocaust, you understand that the time to save a democracy is before it's lost. We promise you. Ken Burns, Lynn Novick, I want people to watch this. Uh, it is okay, wonderful. Please, you please. are guaranteed to learn something, even people who think they know everything.
Did he just compare DeSantis to Hitler? Uh, uh, Ken Burns, I, I used to respect you vastly for your work, especially your documentary work into the Civil War. However, your ship has sailed. Um, <laughs> it's time that you become allergic to life, um, please. Um, you've been quadruple jabbed, I'm sure, because you're a huge fucking liberal. And you smoke more cock than most of the people that I know because that thing sitting next to you is not your girlfriend. That is your husband. We all know that. That's a dude. But all things put aside there, Ken. Shut the fuck up. You have absolutely no idea... I can't wait to find out how the Holocaust was the United States fault. I, I can't wait to hear that one. That title alone blew me away. But forget all of that. What he just talked about is how Republicans and he's saying, oh, I'm not left wing. I, I'm in the middle. I'm an independent. But how Republicans are causing this issue. Wait a minute. Republicans aren't the ones screaming, the border's open. Come on, let's go, guys. That's not Republicans. That's fucking liberals. Yeah, but they can ignore the border being open as long as it's not in their faces. And when DeSantis and Abbott put it in their faces, then all of a sudden it's it's their fault. It's front page news. It's shoot the messenger. Shit. But that's okay. Because the border's the, 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 the border's secure. No, yeah, well, it's completely secure. It's totally secure. According to this mob. Is the border secure? I, I'm just going to refer back to the vice president. We agree with her. She is saying that there's a lot of work to do, right? She also said that in that very statement. We agree that uh, the border is secure, but there is still more work to be done. I guess that's... I, I hate to do this to y'all folks, but we had a conversation earlier today. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask this again, because I, I, I know we don't have to reiterate this, but I'm going to ask this again. Hun. Would you consider someone who is pregnant and they just found out that they're pregnant? Would you consider them half pregnant? No. Would you consider them a quarter pregnant? No. What would you consider them? They're pregnant. Okay. So if you were sent down as a boss to fix the border and let's say not everything got done and the border didn't get fixed, would you turn around and say that the border is fixed? Or would you say not everything got done? So no, the border's still insecure. No, I do what Camel Toe did. I'd go down and I'd close the border checkpoints and put border checkpoints close signs up and then say that the border was closed. Okay. okay. <laughs> so my point here is it's all off. If there's still work to be done, which means you didn't secure the border, then the border is still not fucking secure. If we have pictures in video of migrants just walking over the fence, the border is not secure. If you can drive a Mack truck through portions of our border, which you can do. And they don't even stop you. The border is not secure. Well, let's let's. Uh, why are all these people wearing masks? That's what I want to know. Who the fuck knows? These days, who knows? Who cares? Honestly, who cares? I'm really, I'm confused by that. I'm, I'm confused by myself. Oh, because they're not jabbed. Probably. Yeah, that's right. And Vice President Harris uh, said that the border is closed. <laughs> is the border closed? Do you believe that the border is closed or is it open? It's open, not closed. The border is open. 
the border is open. Do you believe that all the migrants believe that the border is open? Yeah, everybody believes that the border is open. It's open because we enter, we come in, yeah. free, no problem. And in, but it's open for you to come illegally, right? Illegally, yes, illegally. That's true. And you came illegally. Yeah, we came illegally, not legal. Okay, realize what he just said there. He said, oh, it's okay. It's all good. We came illegally. Yeah, We're free. Matter. We're free. We're free. You are? I live in this country. I'm not free. I have to pay $17,000 a year in taxes. If that's freedom, that's a really fucked up freedom. Well, we haven't paid it yet. We Well, except for sales tax and taxes on your taxed goods and all that good stuff. But so. this is, they dropped these guys off. It was really funny. It, Griff Jenkins is the name of the dude that's reporting this. They dropped these guys off in front of uh, old Kamala's house. Mm -hmm. And it was really funny because the first one that he talked to this morning at five o'clock, um, he talked to this one kid and this one kid banged on for a good minute. He just started chip, 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 fucking hauling ass and going, right? And uh, Griff, like, it was like, oh, habla inglés. He's like, no, no. And he starts in, he goes, uh, and Griff's like, are you from Venezuela? And he asked him in Spanish, and the kid responds, he goes, yes, I'm from Venezuela. And he goes, I'm from Venezuela. But then he continues, and he continues into this diatribe, and he kept the microphone there. And uh, obviously, Griff is not a very good Spanish speaker because I – deciphered exactly what he was saying as he was saying it. And the kid basically went on to say, yes, I was taken to the border. I was told to turn myself over to border patrol as soon as I came, came to the border and turned myself into border patrol. And I figured it out between the bus loads that this guy talked to that Griff Jenkins talked to between the bus loads. It's about a four day turnaround. They're in processing for about four days, 96 hours. And they're back on the street. That's it. Four days ago, they were talking about crossing the border. Now they're in fucking Washington, D.C. Or Martha's Vineyard or wherever. So just, I mean, this is, it's disgusting at the same time. It makes me angry. Because by doing what they're doing, what Ron DeSantis and Abbott are doing, I realize what it's doing politically. I get it. But it fucking sucks, too, because we have no idea who you're transporting. You have no idea who you're transporting because the government isn't doing any research into these people. For all we know, we are transporting the next terrorists to their final destination. And this is one of those situations where they look at you and they put their hand on your shoulder and they go, just trust me. I'm from the government. Yeah. And that's why they're sending them to Martha's vineyard and the but Naval I mean, observatory instead of, uh, okay. What about those cops? What about those firefighters that get killed in the next go around. What about those Republicans that get killed in the next, uh, you know, terrorist strike? What about them? Get out of the cities. I, I'm just saying that it's not that easy. It's easy to say. It's easy to talk Democrat about. Stronghold. It, it's easy to say. It's easy to talk about from your perch. I get it. I know. I know. I but know. it's, it's not easy for everybody to just up and fucking vamoose. I, I get that too. But I don't want to see any harm to come to anybody. But I'm to the point now that, you know, they they uh, they were talking today on the news that how Republicans are the most violent. Oh, yeah. Oh, by far. Oh, and we, yeah. We've got liberals that are calling for open fucking they're talking about fistfights and call, national call to arms. And it's all projection. 
and oh, here we go. It, the civil war is coming. Do you know that there's more written about a civil war from the left than there are on any right wing news sources? Mm hmm. For a civil war that's impending, I'm impressed that we still haven't heard about it on the right yet. Yeah, except for Tim Pool. He talks about it. That it's like become a drinking game every time he says civil war. You got to drink and people get really trashed on the show. But apparently, yeah, holy shit, that's like kind of early in the morning, isn't it? No, it's at eight o'clock at night. Oh, I thought it was early in the morning. No. I was going to be like, holy fuck, you got some drunks out there. That's awesome. But I, I just. It... Well, play, play. Finish up with this dumb bitch. She's an idiot. Mm -hmm. It's pointless sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to find this mouse, I admit. But I have a message for the migrants, though, who are saying that the border is open. I mean, today we talked to a few who arrived in D.C. Um, they said that the border is open. We know it's open because we come, we enter, no problem. We haven't heard a message from the administration in a few months telling people not to come. Um, we've heard you guys talking about trying to make it a more orderly process, but you're not telling people not to come. So Department of Homeland Security uh, Secretary Mayorkas has been very clear. Uh, he was on TV recently talking about this, talking about the work uh, that they do. Um, and so I will leave it to the Department of Homeland Security to speak to that uh, specifically. That was a good one, Cisco kid. Be kind, adopt an illegal will become the next tax bill. Right? I, I, I believe it. I, I don't disagree with it. This is getting out of hand. Um, is Abbott and DeSantis doing the right thing? Yes. Uh, are they also doing the wrong thing at the same time? Yes. Do I think they could do it, find a better way to do it? Yes. Um, Here, go to... Um, I don't know what the answer go to is. The, go to the Tucker Carry Lake one because let's skip let's skip that one. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm, the right answer I'm is. I'm kind of done with her anyway. Free range Mexicans. What? Free range pooping in San San Diego, San Francisco. Wow. You made the clearest defense of free speech that I have seen this year. Yeah, it's pretty simple. It, we go back to this old document called the U.S. Constitution, and I spent 30 years, Tucker, as a journalist. So the uh, First Amendment is pretty darn important, and they seem to be taking that away from us right now. But you've described basically the left's hypocrisy, and you've described that old saying, when they've lost the debate, they resort to slander. And that's what we're seeing right now. Well, exactly. Because, I, I, I mean, I'm not in Arizona, but it's sort of been following your campaign and I think you have really provocative and, in my view, true things to say about, for example, immigration, but those aren't covered because you're a big lie adherent. Do you believe the media <laughs> uses that slur to make certain people won't hear what you're saying about the issues? Oh, for sure. I mean, if, if they aren't bad-mouthing me and running hit pieces on me, then they will have to talk about the issues. And when you look at our policies, our America First, Arizona First policies, once they start covering that, it's game over. We win in a landslide. And then they're stuck with me for eight years. And I think I'm a nightmare for the liberal media in Arizona. So your opponent, and this may have changed by airtime tonight, but last I checked, your opponent was refusing to debate you, citing NBC News and CNN saying she's crazy. Can she get away with that? 
Well, she seems to be getting away with it. I mean, she's getting raked over the coals, even by the mainstream media. But it tells you how little her staff and, and her supporters think about her. They would rather her get just trashed right now in the media than show up for a debate because they know that yeah. she has no policy to stand on. She's got a terrible back. I mean, if you look back at when she was a legislator, she voted against a border wall. She voted against a virtual border wall. She voted against, voted against funding border security. But yet she did write legislation to make sure we start teaching sex education in kindergarten. Her priorities are whacked and the people of Arizona are really turned off by the fact that she won't show up for a debate. It's a job interview. The people of Arizona are the hiring manager and we're showing up for a job interview. You don't get the job if you don't show up for the interview, but she knows that she will get roasted on stage because of her background. I can see why they're trying to silence you. Since you're here, I just have to throw this at you. And because you live in a border state that has borne the brunt of the lawlessness on our border, we've just received digital footage of illegal aliens being dropped off in Martha's Vineyard. Apparently, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, flew them there on the idea that communities, border towns in Texas and Arizona are bearing all the brunt and maybe the people who make these policies should have to live with them. What's your view of this? You know, I actually, I get a kick out of it watching these liberal mayors just, you know, throw their hands up and say we can't handle it because it's life every day for us in these border states. However, I'm not a fan of it, Tucker. I mean, we're just taking people here illegally who shouldn't be here. We're moving yeah. them further inland. My plan is the most bold, aggressive plan on the border. We're going to secure the border. We're going to call it what it is, issue a declaration of invasion on day one, get troops on the border in the form of our National Guard. We're going to stop people from coming over. And we're going to stop the, the cartels from having control of our border. I don't like it as a mother, and I know no Arizonan likes it, that we are the pipeline for the most dangerous, deadly drug this country's ever seen called fentanyl number one killer of young people. It's all coming through Arizona because Joe Biden gave control of our border to the cartels. And on day one, we're going to invoke our article one, section 10 authority and take back control of our border away from the federal government. They've, it's a dereliction of duty what they've done. Yes. And we're not going to let Joe Biden drag the state of Arizona down while he's trying to destroy this country. Amen. Boy, I can see why they're trying to stop you. Carrie Lake, grateful that you came by okay. tonight. Thank you. Thanks, so, Tucker. CLB said, I get her point, but how can you keep them all out if the Fed won't work with you? The workers at the border are feds. We don't have but so much manpower. The feds actually shot themselves in the foot on this one. Remember those signs we saw at the border wall? They put it under state control. Correct. Yep. They put signs up on the border wall saying that um, you could not come within a certain 60 feet of the wall uh, or you'd be trespassing by order of Arizona State. Guess, guess who outranks the Fed in all yep. activities in their areas? Sheriffs do. The sheriff can kick the Fed out in a heartbeat. Yep. So, and you're right. Where do we get the manpower? Well, guess what? Now that we've kicked the Fed out, we don't have to pay these rid ridiculous amounts of money to the fucking federal budget anymore. Now we're going to take some of this money and turn it around and spend it on ourselves and hire some more cops and some uh, some of our own border patrol agents and figure out our own way to do it. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I I think a state should be able to manage their border better than a fucking better than the federal government. A state knows what they need. They know what their land is. 
the fucking federal government only has a bird's eye view. They have no idea what it's like on the ground there in some of these places. They think that a, 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 a cover all story or a cover all approach will solve the problem for everything else. It won't. It's different. It's like, um, we had this argument in our, in the fire department I used to work at all the time, uh, because where I was a firefighter at our, uh, for instance, our hose beds. All right. Um, you have large diameter hose, which is five inch hose, which is your supply hose, right? Which means it pushes a lot of water to a fire truck, which then pumps it out. Right. So in our area, we had over 30 something houses that had more than, uh, a mile, a miles long driveway. So on a normal fire truck, you carry 1200 feet of hose. Well, that's 3,200 feet. You've got to cover now in your first two in, he drops his line next to it, or actually first two doesn't drop anything. The second dude drops his line. Third dude drops locks into him, drops his line. And the fourth dude is there to pump and, or relay pump if you need it. Well, they wanted to go to a standardized amount of hose on every truck. Well, that made us short completely overall by over 200 feet. So we have to figure out what 200 feet is or how do we make up that 200 feet closer to the fire, which is really hard to do and takes a lot of thinking to do. But it's the same situation here. It's that same type of approach. The sh one shoe will fit every situation. That is not the case per state. Each state is different. Let the states handle the borders. That's what I say. And if they ask you for help, provide them help. Well, but let them handle their borders. I mean, technically, that's like the only job of the federal government is on, on a national level or at a domestic level is to control the borders. Let's like that's their whole purpose for being. That's their only freaking job per the Constitution. Yeah. Well, that and back up the states. Yeah. That's what their whole job is. But if they're the failing in their one job, then out they go. Out they go. They can fuck themselves. Take a walk. Enjoy. Let's, let's do. Uh, let's do our Justin tribute before we move on. I'm done with the distraction of the moving migrants around for fun. Whoa. You did that. You told me to take everything. If oh you kept it in God. downloads, then that's you should not have left left. You should not leave things in downloads when you tell me to get rid of downloads. Well, you need to put things in clips. Well, pack it up, roll it up for now. I will move it as I find it. Mm hmm. It'd be in a podcast music. There's a whole folder. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna do. Um, there you go. Sorry, folks. We gotta. We we had a to stop the uh, unending lag last uh, lag night. last night that we had. We had to dump a lot of crap and apologize about this, but. Yeah. I got to jump around here a little bit to get this to work. It will be what it will be. Uh, I don't think you moved it out of no. the drive. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to because oh. you won't delete it from there. I won't delete it from there. See? But now I know where it's at too. Okay. 
<laughs> there you go. All right. Now hopefully it'll work. Yeah. Okay, good. There you go. Look at that. Fixed it. On the fly, too. Thorne, we're definitely enjoying having you. So appreciate you chiming in on the chat. It's nice to see new names. Yeah. Cisco Kid coming out of the fucking barn tonight. Hot. Mm-hmm. On fire. So Tammy said, blaming Trump for their failures pushes us towards him more. They're afraid of his knowledge. You know, we were talking about this earlier because the other thing that came out, the CDC, and Mick, you had this story last night. I wouldn't let you talk about it. But the CDC not only said, oh, we, we screwed up in our messaging. They also admitted that they weren't actually tracking data. Now, I was listening to Tom Renz on uh, the SG report. And I sent him an email asking if he'd come on the show again here soon because we just saw him in uh, Reckoning Fest. Um, but he was asking, you know, and he brought up the original slide from October 2020 with all of the um, side effects or adverse events that they were anticipating from the jab. And in that, in a, a slide in that same presentation, it said that they they laid out all of these different methods for tracking these adverse events. And he was like, so where's the data? Where's where's the data from this one and this one and this one that you laid out in October that you said you were going to be tracking? Well, then the CDC came out and said, oh, we we weren't actually tracking that. OK, so not only that, now they're starting to finally admit that. Um, oh, we, we were covering up the deaths. Yeah, we were covering up that data. Now, that's not actually what I was going to talk about at all last night. What I was going to talk about last night was I was actually going to give you a, a win. Oh, yeah. Win. Yes, because you were going to get your win last night, which was um, David Horro or Daniel Horowitz. Uh, he's got a sub stack. Um, <clears throat> he wrote, did COVID shots erase natural immunity? Why is it years into this pandemic and cases continue to proliferate with people who seem to get the virus multiple times? A new study may, has shed light on this question, revealing <laughs> disturbing business models of pharmaceutical companies to ensure that their product is always in demand because it serves um, an arsonist while pretending to be a medical equivalent of a firefighter. A new study published a letter in the New England uh, Journal of Medical Sciences reveals that not only did Pfizer shots turn negative after five months during Omicron wave, but making a vaccinated individual more likely to get the virus. But they're actually eased, uh, erased the immunity pri provided prior to the infection, thereby ensuring that injected people can get COVID again and again and again. In a one-of-a-kind observational study of over 273,000 children, the study divided into groups into four camps, unvaccinated children with prior infection, um, unvaccinated children with no prior infection, vaccinated children with prior infection, and vaccinated children with no prior infection. And what were the results? Shockingly, the authors concluded that there was a rapid decline in protection against the Omicron infection that was conferred by vaccination and previous injection provides support for the booster vaccination. Yeah. So one more time, 
If you go get the jab, goodbye natural immunity to everything. Literally everything. I mean, everything. Li- literally everything. Like it, it reprograms your body, so you only make spike protein. And I think you know, I've had people be like, "Oh, well, now I'm doubly protected because I got the jab and then I got COVID." No, no, because now maybe. If you got the jab and you got the original Wuhan strand of COVID, maybe you might have natural immunity against that strand, but nothing else, right? If you got Omicron, pff, no, you have no natural immunity because your body, your your genetic code isn't programmed to make spike protein against that. And I, I, I saw somebody talking about it earlier. Um, concerning soldiers and food stamps. Uh, folks, I, 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 I hate to be the bearer of bad news for you all, okay? If you do not believe that soldiers are on food stamps, I have bad news for you. They are. They've been it, advised not, to by the Army. It's not a new thing. Mm-mm. We've, I know plenty of soldiers that were on food stamps. For a long if time. you, for instance, we get paid shit in the military, especially on the enlisted side, enlisted guys get fucked. Okay. Um, officers get fucked too, but their rate of pay increases exponentially faster than an enlisted man's rate of pay. That being said, the, one of the bigger things that I have realized and noticed throughout my career was there were a lot of junior enlisted. There were a lot of junior enlisted who let's say had three or four kids and they were only making eight, 900 bucks every two weeks. Um, yeah, they were on food stamps. It's not a new thing that doesn't shock the conscience for me. Maybe I'm just more used to it than you all. That's a possibility, but it doesn't shock my conscience at all. Why do you think there's pawn shops that uh, outside every, every military, military installation post. you go to? Um, no, Tammy, we haven't had any lag tonight. Yeah, I'm not missing. Uh, well, we did miss a couple frames, but that's like yeah. overall. I'm still. All right. How do we jump from that to? I, I just I, I know somebody brought it up before and I, I just wanted to make sure gotcha. we addressed it. Why okay. we're not really talking about it. It's nothing really new. I mean, we're just uh, soldiers like where I was. I got a lot of extra pays, but that was because it was all the hazardous duty pays. All the time. But well, no, we got them all the time. But it was, you know, we got the extra pays and whatnot. OK, great. But it still didn't add up to that much. I mean, in actuality, when I left military service at 21 years, I was still only making about roughly $71,000 a year. Yeah. And I had been in the military for 21 years. So to give you an idea, I didn't even crest $100,000. And and if you were with a company for, if you're with one company for 21 years and you worked your way up to like the, you know, regional manager, essentially mid-level, you know, high level manager, then, um, yeah, you're you, going to crest a hundred grand a year. Damn well better. Even without an education. Yeah. You're going to crest more than a hundred grand. Now the army gets paid shit. So well, that was weird. I just switched to the dark theme. I hate when it oh, does it. I okay. turn it off all the time. It turns itself back. Uh, 316-219. Uh, RH negative doesn't have to worry about COVID. That's not actually true. RH negatives do. In fact, I think COVID might've been designed specifically to hit us because uh, we tend to be more susceptible and allergic and have bad reactions to everything synthetic man-made versus um, natural 
viruses. So while we are virus resistant to natural viruses and we're cancer resistant, which I think most cancer is caused by natural viruses, but um, anything synthetic. And I know this because when I got COVID, it was, I got like, I got hit by a fucking truck and I got at the very beginning, I was like patient zero in Savannah. It was ridiculous, but I was really, really, really sick for, I mean, a, a solid six weeks, like running 104 degree fever, couldn't breathe. Um, exhausted all the time. I mean, it was, it was rough. So that's, that's not exactly true. Uh, And I'm not saying a a boneless chicken. Uh, I was a major when our girls came and it took a lot of budgeting, even with flight pay. I know it was very difficult for the enlisted and I'm not saying it was difficult by choice. I, I got lucky. I, you know, um, my first wife, although she hated it, she had to work. Um, and Velen worked. So it was Although I was very blessed and I was able to budget in such a way that it was well even when Liam um I was very blessed to be able to stay home with each of our babies for a year after they were born. So and not a lot of especially not a lot of military spouses can do that. But uh I I was blessed that we were able to budget appropriately because we felt that was a priority. Um I, I didn't want to miss that first year. That's that's really important. It was really important to us. And, and I, uh, you know, it was, I, I, I always looked at it as it was crazy, but, um, I, I guess I just never, it never dawned on me that it was weird. It was always like, yeah, okay. I shit. The problem with me is I always, my grade always was more than what, I always made too much. I just made enough. I just made enough not to be on the program. Now, there were several army programs that I got, but there wasn't a whole lot when I went outside of the military. So like you can go outside of the military to your local community. And if you don't make enough money and you got LESs to prove it, then they're going to give you food stamps Um, and they're good on post. Um, You can go into the commissary and use them. it's not odd. It's uh, it, the badass part. The one thing I loved about the army, one thing, well, I just loved about the military in general is it wasn't like one group either, guys, gals, folks. It wasn't like just the black guys. It wasn't just, it was everybody. You'd be standing in line as in E5 <laughs> and there'd be, you know, a soldier right behind you who's an E4 and you both pull out the stamps to go home because you, you picked up cheese or you picked up eggs, you picked up bread, you picked up milk. And it wasn't odd. It wasn't weird. Nobody cared. We all knew it sucked. And I think it was just the fact that it sucked that bad and we all knew it sucked that bad. We were just like, what are we going to do? And to be quite honest, I mean, yeah, the, the military, I believe, should be paying more. Um but if anybody, and I don't believe in entitlement programs and welfare programs in general, but if anybody should have access to EBT, SNAP program, it it should be the military. Because if they're not going to pay them more, they damn well shouldn't starve. Especially the family members. Yeah. The not soldier, the whatever. Fall. But the family members, it's for the family members. It's I, not you know, for the soldier. I, I told our kids... A long time ago when Mick was deployed all the time, I said, look, boys, I I understand. 
I made this choice consciously. Your dad was already in the military when we got married. I knew what I was getting into. You were born into this. This is a sacrifice that was thrust on you, not one that you chose. And and I'm I'm sorry that you have to, you know, go through your dad being gone all the time, but at the same time, it's going to make you uh a stronger, better person for it because you will have a more sacrifice, personal sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you'll, you'll be able to relate to hardship, go through hardship as a child that will help shape you into a better person as an adult. It's really what it is. So I, I, I remembered uh, what my grandfather told me. Um, this is years and years ago uh, before he died, <clears throat> but he told me, he said, you talk about personal sacrifices if you lived it. He said, forget the fact that I went and served during World War II. And he said, forget the fact that I lost my leg. He said, think about this. When I was in grade school, we were hiding under our desks for a nuclear or atomic fallout. You know, from, you know, we're going to get hit with a nuke. He said, think about what that does to you as a, as a child. Think about your your, your status in your brain and what he said, you know, you laughed at your grandma when she was alive. God bless her soul. Uh, you laughed at your grand grandma because she had all those cans down there and you said all the wrappers were gone and you were like, what are you guys going to do? <laughs> Just open one up and hope to God it is what it is. I mean, it'd really suck if you went down to get dinner and you brought up cat food, just saying that would blow bulls balls. Put the cat food on a different shelf from the people's food. But he, you know, we were joking about it, but he's just like, think about it. He said, that's what we did back then. That's what it was. You and knew when where you're it was. starving. Does it matter? You, you no. you just knew where everything was because you ordered it that way. You just, you didn't need the wrappers after a while. After a while, it just became second nature. Hey, go down, get me a can of peas. And you went down there. You knew exactly where the peas were. You grabbed them. You went back upstairs. It, it's that type of shit though, that we can't relate to. Our generations cannot relate to it all. However, to them, it was like second nature. And now we're trying to put ourselves almost back in their shoes yeah. to where we're preppers now because, oh shit, we see some impending doom on the horizon. And now we're just going back to what our grandparents did years ago or our great grandparents in some of y'all's cases did years ago. And those folks that was hard met, which led to easy times. Well, and, but you know, some of it has, some of it has carried over. Um, my mother is a, is a food hoarder, right? My mother's a prepper and she doesn't even know it as far as food goes. How much, how much food is in my parents' house? Oh my God. They have to have at least six months worth of Easy. Food. And easy. it's just the two of them. Yeah. I mean, 12 people could show up to dinner at my mom's house, uh, like uninvited, she would pull out a unexpected, meal. and she could whip up a core. I mean, it might take her a couple hours, but she would have the food easily to be able to feed them. She could feed half the neighborhood at, you know, a, a moment's notice, um, just the time to defrost and cook. And it's a holdover from her mother in Germany in World War II when they would literally go up into the mountains, into the fields and, and look for good herbs to pick, to make tea. My grandmother refused to drink herbal tea after the war. Cause that's what they lived on for years. 
And when she first came here, my grandfather could span her waist with his hands. And then she found bananas. And she hadn't had a banana in so long that she gained like 20 pounds on bananas. The woman loved bananas. But she always had food in her house because she had gone without for so long. And, you know, while they didn't go through quite the same struggles in the Great Depression as they they did here, because my family came from Europe, um, still there there's still that that holdover what they went through in world war ii being without food for so long when they got here and food is so plentiful i mean that's it that pantries are stocked and i I do the same thing i mean our fridge is is well we have boys so it's not as full as i'd like it to be because they eat they're like freaking locusts (laughs) they eat everything even my good habanero tostitos which i was completely (laughs) shocked at i was like wow one of them really had a fucked up stomach for a couple days uh probably the same one that ate the entire bag of southern heat barbecue potato chips (laughs) (laughs) the entire bag suck in (laughs) but you know but but it is it's a generational holdover and it may be what keeps us alive and what's coming so might be I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, update on Mike Lindell. Um, go ahead and play this bef- before we wrap up, and then we have a funny thing to close out with. Oh, we do do it. Yeah. Oh, we do. Mm-hmm. Oh, we do. Mike Lindell, the armor-piercing shell. You're going to break some news today. I've never, the audience, obviously this audience loves you and supports you. Tell us what's going on. Well, everybody, I've been on the phone uh, with today for the last three hours with uh, some of the best lawyers in the country, Alan Dershowitz, um, Andrew Parker, Kurt Olson, amongst others. What can we do with what happened on on uh, with this uh, seizure of my phone? They said FBI corruption. And uh, we are suing, as you're hearing it here first, everybody, we're suing the United States government and the FBI. And this isn't just to get the phone back. This is this is uh, my first, fourth, and fifth amendment rights were broken in the constitutional right. And uh, this is this needs to be go everywhere. We're not gonna put up with this. We're not gonna be the Gestapo like in uh, Nazi Germany. Steve, this is, uh, we're being proactive. I was on the phone with these attorneys. I said, no, I wanna sue, what, what can we do? We got all the lawyers on the phone. They looked up all these statues. We're gonna go to places where no man has gone before. This will set a precedent. This has to stop. Nobody gets to bash people's door down and you get 40 seconds to answer your door. Nobody gets to corner and take a phone away of a private citizen, their company phone, so uh, and their hearing aids, everything else. And everything I had was in that phone of all these businesses, my pillow, my store, Frank's speech, uh, passwords to be able to do money wires that I can't do right now. Those aren't in any cloud I mean, this has got to stop, Steve, and we're going to do it. Mike, I'm so proud of you. This is why I call you the armor-piercing shell. This is why they're targeting you. You understand this. But listen, the FBI, we know from our childhood and from our youth and all the great things they did, that that's all. That And they got these phony shows on that. That's all got to stop. These phony shows they have on NBC and the MSNBC. Guys, we're going to take your pensions and we're going to take your security clearances. And we're tired of you whining and belly aching about, oh, they're saying bad things about us because you're doing bad things. You're doing evil things. And people understand this. Mike, once again, Mike Lindell's on offense. Yes, he yeah. is. So I. Uh, yeah. You know, on offense. 
Mick and I were having a discussion today. Pull up the one, the next clip, the one that's right after that, the, the fun, funny one. You know which one I'm yeah. talking about. Um, Mick and I were having a discussion today and, and about why the FBI hadn't shown up here yet. Uh, no, that, the, the chick. Oh. Yeah, that one. And, uh, and he said, well, they don't, they don't want to talk to you. So why don't they want to talk to me? I mean, you'd think they'd want to talk to me, right? Because they put me in their fucking movie. Um, they said they already had talked to me, which, or Liz Cheney said that, which obviously was a lie, but why wouldn't, why wouldn't they want to talk to me? I mean, wouldn't they want to know what I was talking about? What, what I said? I mean, if they just watched the clip from the movie, which was taken entirely out of context, um, then wouldn't they want to know what I was talking about? Not like I'm hard to find. Uh, no. Why, why, why wouldn't they want to talk to me? They, they don't want to talk to you. Why? Because of me? No, I mean, but why don't why don't they want to talk to me? Why would they talk to you versus talking to me? Oh, because you don't. They don't have anything to hold over your head. Correct. I am not beholden to them in any nope. way, shape, or form. I am a private citizen. You you born don't, here in America with rights that they cannot trample on, and I am not afraid to stand up for myself. They don't want to talk to me. You you don't. You, you don't have to do what they tell you. I I don't have to do what they tell me, but I also stand to lose a sub. I it would be um, a pretty bad hit to take. Yeah. To not. Yeah, I mean that's our our income. They could legitimately take away. That would be our a, primary source of income. That would be bad. That would be bad. But I mean, the point is. They made a mistake going after Mike Lindell because he is not beholden to the government in, in any way, shape, or form. Nope. And he is a private citizen with rights laid out by the Constitution, and he has both the means and the motivation to come right back at them. I, I think they, they made a mistake that they, they are going to regret. And going after him. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, you know, Mike's not one to It will it will be interesting. Yeah. He he's he's not one to lay down and take it. No. So anyway, this is funny before we close out. Apparently, this is funny. Weekly briefing has a new sponsor. Check it out. This programming is brought to you by FBI Cellular. FBI Cellular is your leader in used Republican cell phones. At FBI Cellular, we're able to beat any price on a gently used iPhone or Android phone. How can we do this? Well, we get our latest inventory of gently used phones for free from Republicans. Under the new Biden policy, where any Republican is labeled a terrorist, our inventory is increasing daily. Inventory that includes the latest smartphones from James O'Keefe, U.S. Congressman Scott Perry, MyPillow's Mike Lindell, and many more coming from a neighborhood near you. Visit FBI Cellular today. We make house calls. Additional charges may apply, including taxes, your privacy, and your civil liberties. For all our viewers asking where One America News is heading in the future, uh, we would like to introduce you okay. to OAN Live. OAN Live is the... Anyway. Yes. <laughs> Coming to a neighborhood near you, they make house calls. I can't wait till the day that they show up. Oh gosh! They show up to our house. 
and they go for the local Wi-Fi network. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to, because you know it's not going to be the local guys. If they show up, it's not going to be local guys because we know. We know. (laughs) We know. We just know. But yeah, well, because because we go to church with them and barbecues and shit. So like they're like, no, they know better. They're not going to fucking come over here. But it, it was really funny because the it, it, it just no, my my Internet, I I named the Internet. The Wi-Fi Internet is FBI, FBI van 4645. And they're going to show up here and they're going to like call the local office and be like, have you guys already been surveilling this? You guys this have house? surveillance already out there? <laughs> yep. <laughs> See? See? I'm always thinking. Oh, fun always times. Thinking. Plus, anyway. they're, they're not going to want to grab my shit anyway. We'll still have the computer because my computer clearly states that this is Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> no shit. And my hard drive still says that too. Yes. All of my stuff says that it's this all is Hunter, Hunter Biden's. Biden's laptop. So, yep. This is Hunter Biden's hard drive. I, I know they're not taking shit. From Most me. definitely. They're going to look at it and be like, oh, that mouse. That mouse doesn't say they'll, you're right. They'll probably take you the can take the mouse. shit. You can take the mouse. Yeah. I'll, I'll inform him to mark all of his shit too. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Um, R- real quick. Uh, we got a bunch of gold pills that uh, I got to hit up because you guys are killing it over there. I got to. See how I can, I, supposedly I can filter just for gold pills. Oh, look at that. Sweet. Vader. Vader, gift in the can. Rash Man Green giving us cookie. Mardo giving us cookie as well. And Warrior for Jesus as well. Thank, Thank you, you very folks. much. We appreciate it. We do. So normally Fridays, tomorrow's Friday, in case y'all don't know. I didn't know for a long time. Um, we, we lose track of days so quickly. <laughs> anyway, normally Friday is a little bit of a longer show because, um, Red Pill Project comes on later on Fridays. However, Friday, we got to be done at, at our normal time tomorrow because then we are going on Ghost Show at 8.30. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, we're doing a doubleheader tomorrow. Um, so, yeah. And I yeah. might be skating in a little late tomorrow because I got to bring the kid home from school. Uh, Traffic's going to suck. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So, I might be like calling in for my phone kind of a deal. We'll see. Shit, that means I gotta. Oh, I'm off tomorrow. Yeah, Fuck but I'll have yeah. everything set up. Don't worry. Fuck yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we got to get out of here so Josh can set up his show. Civil war on the horizon. There is no such thing as a civil war, Tammy. That is an uncivil war. Is it on the horizon? Yes, I think we're at the precipice. I think it's uh, a lot closer than we're all fearing. I don't want it to be. But definitely see the 24th of September having something very, very intermatic to do with it. So we'll see. We will see what comes of the 24th. We don't like predicting shit on this show. No, no. But we do like to say that we believe there's too many fingers. He's going to be in Vegas on the 24th, and I'm going to be here. So that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So be interesting. Okay. All right, folks. So either way, uh, like, share, subscribe as per the course. Um, seriously, if the more you subscribe, subscriptions is what counts. I say likes, but fuck likes. Who gives a shit about likes? Really just subscribe. Um, if you're really out there, share, just share it with your friends, you know, share it with someone. Yeah. Um, but it's the subscriptions that get us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you share, you get subscri- subscri- subscriptions yeah. out of it either way. Um, but either way, really, that's what really counts. Um, it's the only way we get up there. Um, we have moved quite a bit, actually. We've actually, we're back into the U.S. top. We're on the, I think, the 350. 
somewhere okay. in the 350 chart. So cool. we're, we're back in us uh, numbers. So uh, either way, uh, again, like I said, like, share, subscribe. Um, don't really care about the like. Yep. Shares and subscriptions are cool. Um, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we'll be on right after that, apparently, too, on Go Show on. Uh, he does so many. I don't remember. I don't remember which one this is. If this is. Um, I don't think it's. talk. I think maybe it's Talk of the Tavern. Might not be. What's oh, it is. Show? It is Friday. Friday is the Talk of the Tavern show okay. because he said Tara was in there Friday night. Uh, yeah. Prior. prior so. All right. There we go. Yeah. So talk, I think it's Talk of the Tavern. Either way, uh, we will be there and uh, we will talk to you. We will talk to you then uh, for the Mick and V Lynn. Good night, fuckers. And uh, we will uh, talk to you all later. Thanks for watching. From the woods to the plate Ain't never went hungry Ain't never too late To come around here, son Running your mouth You can fuck around and find out You can fuck around and find out You can't make it through the snakes Snares and alligators But once you get to the gate You can't depend on your waiters Cause you'll be over your tater I'm talking growing tomatoes yeah. Feeding the worms I fish with later I'll have a fish stick over a six foot grave before I take a knee as our hands are placed. My hands on my heart, I stand on what I say. And my second amendment handles what I can't. I ain't trying to be Billy Badass or talk shit. I'm just saying, there's the line, don't cross it. I got a red rider gun when I was three, so I don't run to hide from anything. Bitch, I'm a red, white, and blue collar boy from the south. You can fuck around and find out. From the woods to the plate, they never went hungry, ain't never too late to come around here, son, running your mouth. You can fuck around and find out. Okay. If they looking for me, well, they know where to find me. I'll be half drunk, strapped up in a whitey. I can show you if it's needed. When you see it, you'll believe it. If you don't love it, you can leave it. Michael Jackson, you can be Oh, I teach you how this game go Different joints, same smoke Wake up, wear the same clothes Real redneck, I'm a piece of white trash Blue collar boy, but my lady's high class Got the music way up loud With a cigar in my mouth Fuck around and come find out How we do it in the South Ain't saying nothing, but you're running that mouth I never take a hand out, I'm too damn proud I'm a son of the dirt South With a truck seat high And he straight pipes loud Land of freedom, double barrels in case we need Man up, we'll sit your ass down. We done talking, fuck around and find out. I love my country, love my freedom, fuck the welfare. Now I don't need a shotgun race from the woods to the plate. Ain't never went hungry, ain't never too late to come around here, son, running your mouth. You can fuck around and find out. You can fuck around and find out
serious CBD. The best CBD products on the planet. Over 100 five-star reviews. Can verify authentication. Gold in full spectrum. Full panel lab tested. What is full panel lab testing? Cannabinoids and terpenes. Pesticides. Mycotoxins. Solvents. Heavy metals. Microbials. Foreign matter. Get serious. Serious CBD.